All right, you've unlocked a miserable podcast of secrets. This is episode 13, and uh, what a lucky installment it is because we have a couple of guests with us today. Corey Coleman, who was our TNL ambassador to Japan, and I know he learned a lot while he was there, and I'm sure we'll have plenty of interesting conversation about Japanese versus Western game design, Japanese arcades, and a little bit about life outside Tokyo. Uh, I believe he was in uh, Kyushu, Japan, for a while. Welcome, Corey. Well, thank you. Looks like we're setting the bar kind of high. <laughs> yeah, well, we'll touch on some of that stuff. We also have uh, the founder of The Next Level, Chris Scannelberry, known far, far and wide as Bon. Uh, welcome, Chris. Thank you. Eric isn't with us this week. Uh, otherwise, we have our usual crew on hand on the... On the near left, we have Chuck Forrester. Chucks. Hey, how's everybody doing? What, are we interrupting you, Chucks? Are you busy? <laughs> no. The, it's the baby. Okay. Okay, he wants to be called the baby. Okay, so we oh, have yeah. the baby. <laughs> On the far uh, right of the stage, Chris Rubin, the very busy Mechdeus. How's it going? And to the far left, our... Anime hero come to life, Maurizio Massetti. Maurizio Massetti, known as Mizzo. Hi. Now, is it Maurizio or Maurizio? Or... Uh, I think it's technically Maurizio, but you can. You so can it's do German, okay. Interesting, no, interesting. Okay. Uh, one thing bef- before we proceed, I did want to talk about Japan a little, uh, but we're going to kind of talk off the top of our heads about it, uh, not even as much structure as we usually have on the podcast. So I did want to tell those that might not know that there is... A Japan? Uh, uh, yeah, there is a country called Japan. I think we kicked its ass. But oh. uh, they came oh. back and I think they make razor blades for us now or something like that. But uh, there is, a, I hear, an excellent podcast, another podcast that focuses on Japanese video games and other aspects of Japanese culture that are of particular interest to gamers. And I wanted to to kind of go into that because um, it's done by uh, an exceptionally talented member of our TNL forums, Shidoshi, uh, along with Nick Rocks and Casey Lowe. Are we claiming Shidoshi? Yeah, well, Shidoshi's doing? one of ours, we, man. We, we, we already have his we have his ownership <laughs> papers, so yeah, he's been claimed. We got his papers going back a few years. I will say for the record, they are much, much more knowledgeable than I am. Corey's the only person where we've had him on, and we have to have a disclaimer at the beginning that he's <laughs> he's not going to live up to any hype whatsoever. I live up to nothing. Anyway, that that uh, that production is called uh, "Warning: A Huge Podcast." Um, it's also with uh, all those guys. I think are from Game Fan Magazine from years back, and you can find them at uh, through iTunes or radio.morningproject.com. And they also have some related resources on there because I don't think they've had a new uh, huge podcast since like October. But the ones they have there really do go into a lot of depth about some of the topics that we might broach on today. Oh, by the way, uh, speaking of that podcast, real quick, uh, the last one I listened to, who's who's Heidi? Is that somebody that we, Heidi that we is rec- a zero chance? It sounded familiar. Zero. She's Chan. actually. Fun fact: She's actually from here. Used to okay. come into Video Game because, Depot back in the day. All right, because because Shidoshi's kind of nerdy voice, I love. Like I, that's that's been his voice forever, obviously, and like I know it well, and it's 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 awesome, and I love it. But but then I heard her talk, and I don't want to talk shit about somebody that we know or we're friends with, but I I, I kind of wanted to kill myself. Like it was it was every every was every person I've ever known 
who's like super into you know what I mean? Like video games, comics, that kind of stuff. It was like like the worst qualities of all these people I've known kind of put together into a single voice. She's she's a very geeky girl, very yeah. much. But okay. she's a nice girl. She's very nice. I'm sure she's great. I'm sure she's great. But it was just, just listening to that brought back all these memories of all these people I know and people I've met at anime conventions and all these other places. And it's just it was it was it was way yeah, it was something. Let's say it was an experience. Yeah, Heidi, like a lot of people, is a former uh, contributor to to the next level, and I guess yeah, she's she, one of pioneers. She, she contributes to EGM. Also, if you look up our uh, interview with Shigeru Miyamoto, ooh, I worked in the Japanese stuff just fine, didn't I? Uh, if you look Very up nice. our Miyamoto interview, it was done with her and uh, Hassan Ali Almasi, who is one of the most spectacular people on the planet, as we as we know at TNL, right, guys? The Muppet? Yes. Yeah, that guy. <laughs> he's he's great. I love him. He's great. Second only to Bon in my estimation. I, yeah, great guy. Anyway, uh, you can find us at the next level, um, thenextlevel.com, but you got to remember that hyphen. It's the hyphen nextlevel.com. And you can also search for the term the next level. And when are we getting rid of that hyphen? You know, who do we have to kill to just get rid of that hyphen? We, we talked I think about we'll switch this. it off we for an underscore at some point. Yeah, I think That'll we talked about it on earlier podcasts where I contacted the, the guy without the hyphen, the nextlevel.com with no hyphen, and he just sent me back a one word no with an exclamation point. That so, we just, wow. so we just need to put a hit out on him, that's all. He's kind of squatting on it, and I th- believe he runs video game, like, you know, how you go to a park domain, there's no content, but they've got all kinds of ads. So if you go, if you mistype, let's say, I don't know how you would do this, but let's say you mistype TMZ.com and you put in TM, uh, TMX, right? And let's say, and then they'll have a site there that'll have like links to uh, other celebrity sites hoping that you'll click on it and they'll make some, some money. But I yeah, that's that type definitely. of stuff. But our domain is what? Uh, I mean, it's traditional. Uh, We've had it for a long time. Yeah, Bonnie just... registered that in like in the late 90s and it's got a lot of authority and, and Google, uh, Google likes that, so it, there's no way we can lose it now. Unless we get TMZ.com, in which case I would consider it. Yeah. Let's talk to B-Rai about it. All right, uh, Corey, I wanted to talk to you first. Um, All right. You're known as what on the Next Level Forums? What <laughs> you is your can name? just call me. I, I usually just call it Bebob. That's what it kind of got off on. I don't know. I've had the name forever. It's spelled B-B-O-B-B. Is there an origin there, story to that horrible There movie? is. It's not entertaining at all, so not all even right, worth going done. into. <laughs> we're done here. What he was doing when he was 13 was Googling for boobs, but he misspelled <laughs> it, and he got bob. It happens, you know. You know, I, I'll show you this cool trick with a calculator you can do, where you type in numbers, <laughs> and then you turn the calculator upside down. I'll tell you after the show. Oh, that's amazing. All right, so uh, let's let's start with you. Um, you actually lived over in in Japan for a little while. Where did you live exactly? Kind of a long while, actually. Yeah, I was down in uh, the southern area of Japan, down in Kyushu, a little prefecture called Miyazaki. Um, nobody really knows it. It's not very popular or not very famous, but it's kind of a rural area of Japan. Though I lived in a city of about uh, sixty thousand ish, so it wasn't that rural. What were th- what the hell were you doing there? I was over there teaching English with the. Uh, I'm not sure if anybody's heard of it or not. The Jet Program is what it's called. It's run through the embassies. Uh, Japanese and U.S. embassies work together. It's a pretty good deal. Got me over there teaching English over in a high school for about five years, making pretty decent money and not paying any taxes, which was beautiful. Wow. Wow. Okay. 
So you were sponging off uh, other people's goodwill. All That's right. what I like to do. Actually, I mentioned warning a huge podcast, and I went to their website um, before the show, and I, they had a little poll there, and they said, "What what would you like us to talk about on a future installment of you know that that podcast?" And one of the choices in the poll was, um, "Is Japan anything like it is in anime and games?" Um, <laughs> Dear God, no. <laughs> yeah, flying ships yeah. and people with short skirts. Yes, and it was, I had my robots. own robot. It was a little Chobot that I had of my own. <laughs> no. Um, it's worth mentioning, yeah, that where I was at, rural area, a lot of people get the wrong perception of Japan. The whole otaku idea of Japan just doesn't exist. Um, largely, most people don't watch anime. That's not that popular. Wow. Uh, it's mostly kids that just watch that. Really? Very few adults. Um, Are you going to be saying words weird like the whole time? <laughs> yes, <laughs> that, that is what I'm going to do. It's, it's kind of how it goes. Mana. Mana. <laughs> it is mana. It's always been mana. Right. Come on. Whatever. But, uh, okay, Lena. <laughs> thanks. Nice. Thanks a lot. Like two people. That, got was, that. that was cruel. <laughs> but, yeah, as I was saying, it, it's not, uh, aside from like the Miyazaki films, nothing else is that popular with most people. The kids watch the anime that nobody else does. Gaming is kind of a mix up and down. Um, it's popular, although most... The funny thing is most adults will be like, no, I don't game. Games are kids. Yet every single one of them owns a DS. It, <laughs> everyone. I swear to God. I My ex-girlfriend from over there, who hated gaming... I go over to her house one time, there's a DS sitting there. I'm like, well, I thought you... Yeah, it made no sense. None at all. But do they use it for something else? Like everybody bought a PlayStation Two so they could play DVDs. Is it that kind of thing? Does it do anything else? It's got this horoscope feature they all use it for. <laughs> there yeah, is they that. Get, they get their stocks reports on that. <laughs> it takes their blood type. That's for a blood them, type but... tester. I was going to say. <laughs> Damn it. Um, <laughs> Wait, uh, no, blood I mean, type it's... is that a is that a specific joke I'm missing? Why would you say blood type? In Japan, you know how we have the horoscope here. Uh huh. Over there, it's the blood type. That tells your fortune and all that stuff. Oh, I see. Which, to this day, I still have no idea what my blood type is because, yeah, not even going to bother with that silly stuff. But, yeah, they, they, have this, they have this complex thing that, like, this blood type works well with this blood type and all this crap that it's like, really? Well, it's, it makes more sense than, than what star was rising in Virgo's asshole when you were born. <laughs> that makes no goddamn sense. That is a I mean, solid I'm not point saying there. this is true either, but at least... It, it's something. I have some smart ass standing next to me that's that's mouthing the words, You're a noob, that's Japan one oh one, making one oh one with her, it's with, true, though. with her fingers. <laughs> it is so, true. I thought I, everyone I'm, knew I'm that. I'm glad Come I on. learned some I'm glad at least some people will learn something. As for DS's doing other things, they do a little bit. There's some good programs for like studying things like kanji and stuff like that, but largely it's they all have them because they have the Mario game. They have Mario Kart. They use the 3DS for upskirts. Yes, they have to look upskirts. 90% of the population plays Monster Hunter, so it's like yes. heaven for me to. Yeah, <laughs> But why? Like that's the thing I don't understand. It's I mean I it's I don't know. It's it's a tough game to get into, and even when you get into it, I mean it is rewarding, but it's never really good. It's never a game. Of, it's not like wow, this game controls great and plays great, and it's so much fun. It's it's just never good. So I don't understand how an entire how an I can't entire explain like, it. you know like group of people can be into it, especially people that aren't normally into video games. Because the only reason I, I'm in it is because I am 
fairly good at if you're if a I was monster anyone, hunter yeah i am which one, one are, which one are you i'm <laughs> the giant beach whale no it's it's just a very difficult game to get into so I, I, i'm surprised if somebody who is not huge into video games could even you know break into it in any way it just seems very odd i, I could never I make sense it. out of it myself i tried tried to play the game i guess maybe it's the ocdness of it that's what they love just doing the same thing over and over again i don't i don't know i can't explain it now it seems i have two views of japan of course there's a straight laced you know we got to get into the best school best job that that thing suicide yeah yeah and then there's that that really weird um sense of humor and pop culture is is very um distinct and there's a lot of loud you know screaming and making hand gestures what i mean do people start like that when they're young and then they turn into conservative businessmen or am i should i just actually travel and stop watching like michael keaton movies to find out about japan probably go with the travel aspect <laughs> I mean, um, i'm gonna start a kickstarter and get some funds going i guess i mean the pop culture the sense of humor over there for one thing like stand-up comedy over there is one of the worst things I've ever seen. It's like 1920s vaudeville. I, mean, I, would, I would imagine so. They're probably, I mean, granted, the, the, the culture has definitely become more westernized. It's definitely been across uh, culture. But I, I can't imagine anyone from, you know, no offense to anyone that probably is talented in Japan actually competing with anybody here on our coast. I just... I just can't fan on that at all. No, nobody in Japan is listening to this bond. You don't have to apologize. You have to be nice. Yeah. It's like Krusty the Clown doing stand up. Actually, actually, Reno might be listening to it, so I'm just uh, you know kind of throwing it out there. I do think the ultra serious aspect that that view is kind of skewed. They're not that serious. They they are. They aren't. Um, the the view of that they work all the time. That's very true. I mean, the the hours that they put into work is disgusting, but the amount of work they do in that time. Next to none. I, f- I can finish in like 10 hours what they do in a 60-hour week. Okay. Wow. Corey Takishiro Japan. Right. <laughs> I oh, tried my yeah. laying that shit down. That's what I'm doing here. Yeah. Nah, it's, it's a, it, it really is a different culture. It's, it's interesting to get there. I mean, one thing that I found really interesting when I was over there is the fact that the culture, it's not focused on with work and stuff. It's not focused on what you accomplish, getting things right it's focused on the process of getting things done that you put in the effort that you tried your best even if it goes wrong you worked your hardest you tried your best that's they focus more on that which is very different from western perspective where it's about getting it right you got to get it done get it done quick get it right first time so do you feel in your opinion because obviously i'm sure you worked here in the united states do you feel their work ethic is a lot better more efficient because of that efficiency wise it's just different i mean they do get a lot of stuff done um i i'm a westerner born and raised so to me trying to just go through the effort i want to get stuff done i want to get it done quick i want to get it right they don't want to do that as much they they want to take the time go through the processes all this stuff i'm like well this would be the fastest best way to do it no but we do it this way because this is how it's done now are there a lot of westerners over there are, are like people like you with the, their childish and slovenly ways going over there and corrupting the japan that we've all known come to we try our hardest yes do you guys um, have like a little america section where all the white people go and congregate <laughs> Actually, in Tokyo, that's called Ropongi. Yeah, there there is a little little America section of that of Tokyo, which means death camp. <laughs> it, it's 
uh, it's it's a shit hell. I I never go to that place ever. But they have um, like hot dog stands in the corners. There's like a classic McDonald's. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean where I was at, there were a few other foreigners. I mean, I mean, I was in a city of sixty thousand people. There was about thirty foreigners that lived in the city, so not a lot. Um, in the entire prefecture I was in with the jet program, we had about a hundred and hundred ten people with the jet program teaching in the different schools. Speak, speak, speaking of teaching, like what would you say now? Because obviously more more citizens in Japan are obviously you know working to adopt the English language as a secondary language. Now, you know, what would you say the percentage of people now are actually being able to speak multiple languages there now? English English education in Japan is a mess, and it's really, really? bad. Since you left, right? <laughs> Since I left, I've just, it's just gone to hell. No, there's there's issues within the education system. It's not. I, I mean, I'm not going to badmouth the teachers because a lot of the teachers are really good, but the problem goes just from the top of the government where there's refusals to make changes to the curriculum, like lack um, of funding or something, or just what like. It's not the funding as much as like this is the way we teach. Um, they they for the longest time they had this focus on doing grammar translation, right. and which is a horrible horrible thing to learn a foreign language. It doesn't work. They're finally moving away from that. But there's the problem that most teachers spend ninety percent of their class time speaking in Japanese and going through books, and this is what you do, what what is in English. But they're speaking Japanese all the time. There's no comprehension. Most of them can read and write English by the time they graduate, but they can't speak it. They can't understand it if they listen to it. It's really, it's sad. And it's, it's a problem that's not going away anytime soon. Um, it's something, as I said, it, it goes high up to the education system. They recently were like, they were getting the numbers and saying, oh, nobody's learning. We're not getting enough Japanese people that speak English. So their solution was, let's start teaching it earlier. So they're starting to teach in like elementary school, right. which it's not bad, but they were already getting six years of English education. If you can't speak a language after six years, something is wrong with the way you're being taught. Oh, if you, if you can't do it in six days and stuff, you know, then it's probably a problem. <laughs> well, you really are efficient. Like Americans can. Yeah. I'm looking at <laughs> our... speak I, all the languages. I'm looking at our stats here, and uh, Japan accounts for... Uh, 35 one hundredths of 1% of our traffic. We get, we get, uh, traffic from 127, uh, different Japanese cities. So I'm thinking maybe we're contributing to Japanese literacy in some small way or English literacy over there. Well, let's see. One of those was me and I'm gone now. So there's one less. I think the biggest problem with the Japanese educational, uh, facilities are the kids putting their hands together and trying to stick them up your butt. There was like a name for it's, that. It's a, it's a concho, and concho. yeah, they, yeah. They, that's the biggest problem over there. That's a, that's a little kid thing. Oh I, my goodness! One time I was at a festival, and a little kid tried to concho me. One time only, I virtu- I, I I almost ripped and his hands off. He tried and tried all day to get one of them to do it, and <laughs> <laughs> I was bending was over, picking day. everything up. Come on, come on! No, I I about ripped his hands off. Of like, no, that does no, that's just wrong. It goes in the front, stupid. Oh, God. Yes. Uh. Nice. This is why, this is why we're, we are on iTunes, but if you try to browse for us, we're not in any of the lists. Like, if you look for a video game, you can't find us 
unless you know our name and actually search for us. Isn't there like a fingers in the butt category? We could get at that. Isn't that what that, that arcade game was about? Bongo the Bongo. Bongo, Bongo arcade always, game? I always wanted to find that arcade game. Could never find it. I'm so sad that you did not play I'm sure it. sure you did. I was sad, too. Well, how did you look for it? Because you you're not fluent in Japanese, so did you, maybe me, you were just sir, like going around. There's, yeah, there's this game where you stick a finger in a butt. Where can I find this game? He kept doing it to people, trying to let them know what it was. <laughs> well, I mean, I'm fairly fluent. I lived there five years, so it was a long time. I'm, I'm conversationally butt. fluent and very fluent in the butt. You wouldn't know. Well, I mean, did anybody but, here learn a second language in school? Anybody? Not in school, no. I, I learned Latin, but Latin's a dead language, so you can't really yeah, speak I, it. Yeah, I learned Latin, but I lost it all because it's Why did you learn Latin? It's dead. I really knew French, so I had to do something in school, and the other only the only other option was Latin. So I Latin's Latin. fun because it lets you break down words that you don't know. Yeah, I, I learned Spanish for Latin's a while, cool. and then I kind of just fell off. And now all I know are a couple of bad words, and that's it. Excellent, but yeah, if you don't use it, like I, I was, I was never fluent in French. I was pretty good for a while, and. I mean, you don't use it, it's gone. Like, it's, like, Spanish I still have, because I talk to my family and I use it at work and stuff, because bilingual people come in handy in the U.S. sometimes, but, uh, I mean, French, forget it, French is gone, for the most part. And Latin, wow, I, I don't even remember anything from Latin. I remember bonus a um, that's about it. What is, what does that mean? Bonus is good, and that's just, I'm just doing the tenses. Bonus bona bonum, bonum. <laughs> Bone them, all right. Anyway. Bone them if you can get them. <laughs> vita, vita. Nah, I mean, I can already feel my Japanese has already been starting to degrade just in the six months I've been back because I just don't use it, and it's kind of frustrating to me. Just play more Japanese games. That's all. You'll pick it back up. Yeah, translate some games or something. Or translate some anime. I. That's one thing. I will never do translation. Translation is... I can speak Japanese. Translation, I respect the hell out of anybody that does translation. It's so hard to do. It is incredibly hard. We might have someone actually, on a future show that we could talk and, to. And Andrew actually does that. I mean, that's one of the things he specializes at Capcom. It just he does a lot of localization. Like lately, he's been pimping at, which we'll uh, we'll probably talk about in a, in a future podcast about uh, just how he just handles all the localization and just making it just so that it relates more to our society as opposed to the way we relate to the Japanese society. So I know he's pretty proud of that. We also have a, another uh, former founding member of TNL that uh, that does this, I believe, um, and we're going to have him on now. Andrew, uh, you're talking about Reno from yeah. from the old yeah, TNL. Reno, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Actually, I don't know. I mean, the last contact I had with him, I remember there was a there was a period of time that he was um, he editor like in, editor in chief of of uh, the Next Level. I mean, yeah. I was I was there. You were there. Uh, Reno was there. A few other people were there. And it was a mess. He, he was running the editorial side, and he he has a very um, uh, he has a very very strong work ethic and a very highly responsible individual. And I was just at that time um, uh, we had uh, Kano on the phone and Stibbins and and those guys also contributing to the site, and there was such a clash there. And I think uh, Reno had left the next level on a on kind of a sour note. Because at one point he started writing like all the content for the site, you know, he was just yeah, like putting out like article after article, and then he left. And then I saw him that that same year at E3 at at the Nintendo press conference, I think. And I went up to him and I I just said, "Hey, what's up?" And he totally one of the only times in my life <laughs> he just totally did not 
acknowledge me at all. He like oh, I had harsh. killed like I had killed his puppy or something. So then you put your hands together and you try to stick him up his butt. <laughs> that would have fixed everything. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, so that that always kind of bothered me because I, I, you know, I'm usually on good terms with people. Nobody until, snubs Nick. Nobody. Yeah, I'm the one that starts to ignore people, but I, I wouldn't do it that blatantly, though. I think yes, that he, he would. He I think he's. I think he's like passed out now. I mean, I hope so. Him. That was like ten years ago. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't think anyone was nearly as harsh as as the original designer for Tiana, which was was Jacob Kenshin. <laughs> and Kenshin just like <laughs> oh Kenshin. Oh my god, there were just so many, just so much harsh memories that actually went on in Fight Club. And I remember it's funny now that Fight Club exists and and, and how. How he just laboriously just tried so hard just to get rid of that existence of that because because everyone was just they were just attacking him he just he just didn't like it anymore. The thing about the site is we have such a collection of um, dysfunctional personalities, horrible, yeah, strong person, strong personalities, <laughs> and and competent, intelligent people. It's not like yeah, a bunch of kids posting. Are. You know, a lot of these people are very successful in their in their private lives, and they're very opinionated. That's why they're there. Right, and uh, it just got to, it just got to a bad point. And actually, the other person that was uh, Tom Keller, who founded Game Go Magazine, was also um, uh, was with Reno at that time. They were both kind of running the editorial side, and I was just trying to concentrate more on the forums. Um, and I told him, I think about four, five, six months ago, I sent him a message to, to Tom, and I said, you know, you were absolutely right uh, with what you were saying back then. See, I do admit I'm wrong. Yeah. They wanted to run. They wanted to run the site more professionally, and I kind of hung out with the bad kids, uh, Kano and those guys, and uh, I said, you know, well, we, we're just going to write whatever, you know, whenever we we'll write when we write, and who cares? We're we're just a little fan site, but it just like, it just stirred up so much bad bad smoking. feeling, and it was just I mean, such a bad scene. I mean, we did we did have a little bad press. Though. I mean, fortunately, aside from all of that, I mean, the fact is we're still around. Yes, granted, we don't update every day. You know, at this point now, I think it's irrelevant. The, the point is that over the past 10 years, we established a consistent, iconic brand. You know, when you wanted quality articles and stuff, you came to us. I remember so many times you would tell me, actually, Kano, who wrote one of the articles, I forget exactly which article it was, but I, I, I knew that you never lived it down. And you would tell me all the time how many hits just that one article would get. Yes, he did get, and, he did bring in the hits. And, and, and it was a maybe good the article, Ikaruga and, article or, or yeah, something. I think it was. I think it was actually. Yeah, I'm Ikaruga. sure it was the Ikaruga and, and, one. Yeah, and and it was just you know. And at the time, you know, before we snatched him away from four one mania. Hi, um, <laughs> but you know, like it's. I I obviously I understood your vision and stuff. I know, but back then we we clashed. But the point is and stuff. In the end, we we created a really good brand that had rich content. In the end, that's really what mattered. We wanted to obviously do a consistent. That's why Reno and Tom wanted us to keep professional edge. I, I definitely agreed with that. But at the same time, it was important that we just weren't doing it just to put up articles like so many websites that we talked about with that literally just, they just did filler. They were just regurgitating articles. They were just literally just writing crap. And they basically were just, you know, like they, they practically had their heads up the PR agent's ass, you know, and, and it was like for what? For a couple of product. And, you know, obviously we, we've looked past that. We, you know, we decided we weren't going to be beholden to their product. And we just wanted to have something that people could just look at and respect. I think we've established that. Yeah. It's kind of, it's kind of like this podcast where you, we just want to talk. <laughs> <laughs> we just want to, you're just going to kind of talk like, like you talk about games with your friends and you just want to read things that, it's coming at things from a certain perspective that we we tend to share, 
and I think it's a popular perspective, but it's not really served a lot in, in, in the gaming media. It's just people that aren't like 15 years old and aren't, don't have a 15 year old mentality, but also really? like to laugh and, and goof off. But, um, we've always kind of served that niche and we were, we were never meant to be like a, a, the news source. I mean, there's IGN, there's GameSpot. We'll put up things that we think are interesting that you might have missed. Or we'll, we'll review things to just give you, give you our take on it. But I, I, I mean, we were both kind of wrong. Both sides were wrong. You know, Reno was really working at an IGN level at a mid-sized site, you know, at a smaller site, but it should have been handled dif- differently. And if I ever see him, I'll, I'll apologize, but it wasn't like a, it wasn't like a, to- a t- anybody totally slapped him in the face, but I think he did feel un- unappreciated, but it was hard to it, when someone has that level of work ethic and they're so focused on something, it, it does take a lot of diplomacy to just say, you know, listen, we value your work, but it's not really, you really have to go at a five star level, right? You know, we, that's not our philosophy. We, we're a three star outfit. I, I, no, I, I would say a little bit higher than that, but you I'm just kidding. Really, I'm just kidding. You, you couldn't really blame him and stuff. I mean, both, both Reno and I, you know, we both worked at IGN for a while. He, and, I remember the first time when Jeremy, you know, aka Mikaze, uh, when Jeremy Dunham actually gave me the opportunity to write for IGN, you know, I have to admit that it was very overwhelming. And a lot of people just don't understand the workload, the type of, you know, unseen pressure that actually goes in, especially when you're at a trade show. You know, it's a lot. You know, they basically just expect you to, to be on your toes and do something. And back then, you know, Reno and I, we were always just trying to get out articles and just do it in a timely fashion so that basically, you know, today's news was today, not yesterday and not even an hour. It was like, okay, right now. So, you know, I think that originally the funny thing is when I first met Reno, he wasn't like that. You know, originally when I met him, when we had like our very first E3 and it was before I actually met you, he was very laid back. And it wasn't until we started to rub shoulders with Mikaze and we started doing some stuff at IGN that he literally just evolved. And the next thing you know, as you know, now he's involved at Capcom, he, he just, he literally just took off. So it, I, I have to say that a lot of it was his exposure to a professional outlet that just led to his work ethic being the way it is now. All right. So we're, Getting all that dirty laundry aired out. That's great. The history of TNL 101. Very deep. <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, I would say, just on the topic, randomly, I mean, I, I prefer TNL doesn't try to do the news, doesn't try to do all the current stuff, because if you want the current stuff, I'll go to one of the major sites. It needs to be inter- entertaining articles, things like that, something different. Yeah, it would be way too much work to try to keep up with a professional outfit with offices and and whatnot. I There's think, no point. Uh, you need to build. Yeah, you need to build your niche and, well, and do well yeah, at it. Well, there would be a point if if you had a staff that could do it, that could update um, early and and you had a specific take on things. Yeah, if we had an investor, or somebody to do that, you know, because oh, I, yeah. I, I I used to do that, and honestly, I got to a point. I was like, what the fuck am I doing? You know, I'm sitting up here for hours and hours putting up articles and. And it's, it's, it's very exhausting. And that's why you're here, Corey. We want you to get in on the ground floor of what we think is an exciting opportunity. Oh, wow. And I just need to recruit okay. three friends and have them recruit three friends. There you and go. Make sure, and make sure they, they can speak English. <laughs> or at least they use uh, dollars that we can cash at a currency exchange of some kind. What was I going to say? But uh, I guess what I've always wanted for, for TNL and what 
I, the reason it's still around is because one day, God damn it, I'm going to do this. Um, what you, what I want for TNL is not to be a news site, not to be a review site. Porn I want site? it to be a place where you can read interesting, interesting features and it's something that's a resource. Kind of like Sega 16 is a resource in its niche. It, it's something that people will refer to. And they're not going to go to it every day. We'll go to the forums or they're very busy forums like we do, but they're not going to go to the main site every day and just start reading articles. But they will you know, you'll go through and you'll have people come in at various times that just say, Hey, hey, whatever happened to that game? And then you'll have deep information in there. So and I'd like to do actually like to do previews more than reviews. I mean, our name is the next level. I'd like to I'd like to move away from reviews, but people are, are really stuck on those. So Well, I, I have to agree with you. I remember we tried for a while, we wanted to do video reviews. I, I feel that I mean, we, we always talk about blogs for the longest time and, and for a while it's been awkward because most people are just like, well, what the hell is a blog? You know, um, before Kotaku and other websites kind of started to pick up on it and even, even went up, started doing it. I kind of had the foresight. I was like, okay, that's, that's what we should do. But, um, I, I think a lot of people are just, they're just dead set on reviews. They're dead set on seeing it or the, the, the can format and then the score. And that's yeah. it. That's, that's all they know. And I agree. They have to get away from that. I mean- I like I like a well-written review. An entertaining review, like, for example, that Ikaruga review, something like that, I really enjoy. And I would like to see more of that out of TNL. I, I'm actually with Tom. I've always agreed scores need to go away. It's better to have something that's going to make people write it. Or read it, sorry. Why do you need a score? Just see what the opinion you, is. You need a score so Metacritic will carry you, but then we had a falling yeah. out with Metacritic. So, like, yeah, I, I, I don't know if we should just eliminate the scores. Is there any way to fix that relationship with Metacritic? Uh, I mean, should. we probably could if, if <laughs> I, I kind of don't like Metacritic. Person, but I kind of don't like the concept of Metacritic either. So it's not. I'm the not a fan deal, at all. But I think it no, is kind I, of I don't, a big I don't deal. agree with their philosophy, but I mean, it's it sucks. It sucks to burn bridges. Nick knows that better than anybody. Um, <laughs> I'm a burner. I'm a, I'm a bridge burner. <laughs> he uses Greek fire. I like the idea of like the the Ebert movie reviews. Thumbs up, thumbs down. If you want to know more, read what I said. Yeah, I mean, I I agree and stuff. But the thing is, most people are literally illiterate. It's just like just it's like just give me the freaking score. Look at the pretty pictures, and they move on. But do we want those people on TNL? Do you know if we did if we did a yes, no, or in the middle type of thing? Um, and Metacritic started running us again, which they said they might. Uh, what would that be? So if we said, no, don't buy this game, they would give that they'd a give zero. Like a and then if we said, yeah. yes, that's a, a hundred. And then if we said, it's okay, rent it, that's a 50. It's their whole converting your score into their score. is just yeah, but it's it's a like, problem. Mizzle talked about this actually, I think like one or two podcasts ago. And he mentioned a good point where you basically like, okay, you ha- like, for example, when we were doing the scores back then or the numbers and it's just like, okay, uh, let's say we're talking about Street Fighter across Tekken. And it's just like, oh, okay, I liked it. I gave it a 9.0. And this guy, other guy goes, well, you know, I don't know. I think it gets an 8.8. Really? Like, what? What is the difference between that <laughs> and And then the fanboys freak out. Yeah. And, really? Uh, it's 8.8? horrible. Oh, my God. It must be a bad game. You know, like, really? It's just, it's it's two points. It's 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 point two. It's ridiculous. Like, how do you even measure that? You kind of hit on something there because they do get militant about that. Those those two tenths of uh, of, of a point, but that but it's, it's I so guess a stupid. lot of people see that as bringing in traffic because that you know controversy and arguments, as we know very well on our forums, 
you know, th those generate long threads, a lot of page views, a lot of ad views. You're right about the controversy, but it goes deeper than that because you remember we've actually had arguments with uh, a couple of PR companies and it's like, why did you give the game the score? Well, you know, and, and then we had to do damage control. And it's like, you know, hey, look, like we stand by our point. Well, OK, well, you wrote this. You should have said this and the score should have this. You should rewrite it. There was a there was a very popular um, game that's not a, you know, block. It's a it's a very popular game. It's a household name type of game. I'm not going to say what it is. It's not it's more of an it's not an indie game, but it's more at that level where it's a more simple game. It's not like like years of war. <laughs> it's Soul Caliber. It's not Soul Caliber or Gears of War, but it's just as po it's a very popular game. And uh we gave um I I had played this game. It came out in different formats and I had initially played it and I I loved it. It was it's a great game. But it came to Xbox Live Arcade and I thought it wasn't as good. I thought it was lacking some things, but I still thought it's still a very good game at its core and I think I gave it a 4. A four out of five. And uh, we always had a good relationship with this PR company, and we still do. But Was the, I around the P when, this, when this happened? Um, yeah, I think you were copied on the, on the email. I, if oh. I said the, the game, you would, I think you'd remember right away. Okay. But uh, the, the PR guy wrote this very intense, uh, kind of passive-aggressive uh, wall I of know, text. I already know which game about, you're talking about. I, I, you should I have at least given it a four and a half. I remember, because um, you CC'd me on all of it all, and it, yeah... I remember that now. And he got into this thing about, he got into this thing about, um, I think I got into something about how much content there was. And yeah, then he, was he, started, really he started this dick measuring contest yeah. with a related game. He says, I bet you if you played this game, I would waste your score and you would <laughs> oh give it, Lord. you know, I would waste yeah. your score at the game and you would give it a lower rating because you didn't put the time in to perfect it like I did. Right. And, you know, I would give it a higher score. So you need to go back and play this game. But I had already played this game in two different formats now. And I, I've spent, I spent like 40 hours playing this game and it just got really bizarre. And this guy was just not. Not let it go, and uh, you do have to you have you do have to put up with it. So that was part of my point way back when with Reno. I said we aren't beholden to the PR companies; they send us product, but I I don't feel like I need to do anything for them. I, I should review the game, but um, we let some games not get reviewed. It's when Kano was around in that right. era, but mm -hmm. uh, I don't think that we should have really you know flagellated ourselves and wore you know hair shirts and being apologetic it's just that didn't that review didn't get done we were understaffed but they do pr people do take it very seriously and metacritic has made that so much worse because yeah. now they're really looking problem. at I mean, every score there's, there's a lot of wink wink nudge nudge and obviously uh there's so many people especially the newbie fan sites that just think okay it's just about product they just don't understand the underlying process what's really involved when you talk to a pr company what you're really doing. It's kind of like, which we'll talk about in the next podcast, like the whole sponsorships and stuff in fighting games. You know, they just don't get it. You know, they just figure, okay, you know, you're getting this and that's it. They don't realize that you're, de you're developing a relationship. And, um, I, I think, I think that we haven't had a major problem with that, but I know over time, so those, those couple of those repercussions where we write a score and then we just have people that's persecuting us and stuff like, you know, via email. Yeah, it's, it's a fascinating world, but mainly 99% of PR, actually nearly 100% of PR contact is, is so great and smooth, but Metacritic, I think, has made it worse because people, not only fans are obsessing over scores, but now 
publishers are really looking for that extra decimal because the sequel's not going to get made unless we get an eight on Metacritic. They're not or, even gonna... or, game, or game rankings because remember they they use that one as well. Are we are we all better now? Did that help? That was that was just yeah completely spin off to another topic. I feel like it's been building for a while. Well, it, it it has and stuff. I mean, we've just been we've been having so many things that go goes on, and I mean, fortunately, you know, TNO is still around. You know, we've outlived a lot of websites and stuff. A lot of them were actually were pretty good. Nick probably remembers. Uh, I think it was it wasn't PSM. I used to go to Daily Radar uh, when I first started getting on the internet, and that was a really good, interesting site. And I just it just died one day. It just suddenly died. Yeah. And Game Fan Game Fan Online and Game Fan Magazine just kind of suddenly died one day. What was it? The gaming? What was the gaming intelligence intelligence agency? Yep. The, G- the GIA died. That was a good place. That was a really good website. I think I think that the guy just he just got tired of doing it. Wasn't didn't Andrew Vestal write the uh, manage that site or something? The only GIA guy I know off the top of my head is Nicholas Marengo or something because yeah, he's I never the one that had that argument about. Um, uh, ECM from Game Game Go, I think he was at that time, or Game Fan, it said that uh, something about sheeple and said something derogatory about res or something. And this guy picked up on it and he said, "This is what's killing our. This is what's killing video games." Uh, uh, he says people need to understand that the casual market is something that should be embraced. We don't need to to divide people into sheeple and 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 hard and hardcore gamers and the tagline for game go magazine was what you should be playing yeah which and they then he, was really arrogant nice. yeah he took yeah. exception to that and then and game fan 2 which was never actually published as in paper format but they in the pdf that you can see that they changed the tagline to what you could be playing so i guess that had some effect uh, on them too i like what you should be playing i like the whole arrogant attitude yeah i remember I we mean, used to I, do that I'm, for a while that's it was good, good for me yeah, because yeah. we we did that, I think when we first did like got next, and I for, I forget the the name of the feature, but we pretty much tried to to mirror that, but we tried to do it just so that nobody was basically saying, hey, what the hell? Why are you telling me I should be playing this game or read this or watch this on TV? You know, some people just take a you just take offense to that stuff. Well, Soul uh, Soul Caliber Five just came out. Um, it Bond, did. And yep. uh, what, I mean, have you had a chance to play that yet? I, uh, I, I definitely have. I've, I've, uh, I've officially gotten off of, uh, Street Fighter, which me and my friend, um, uh, you didn't co- leave Street Fighter. Street Fighter is in your blood, man. It, it, it is, but you know, like me, me and my partner, um, aka Raven, uh, we consistently play that game. We From basically, the Disney Channel? As- no, no. Now, his, his official name is Raven Trinity, but he actually shortened it because we're part of a, a league that we refer to as Fight Nation. And shortly after uh, Soap Cobra came out, I actually got in touch with him. And we just started playing it. And, and by far, that game is just awesome. One of the best things that I actually like about it is that they stripped away a lot of the stupidity that was from the last uh, engine and just made the game a lot more refined. So I've actually been getting it hyped up on uh, both on Shoryuken and a little private board I have on Facebook. And it's just really impressive, um, just the, just the way they just balanced everything. Um, I know Reno probably wouldn't agree with me because I know he's pretty fond of guard impacts and stuff. And now it's all based on how much meter you earn. So you just can't do it like whenever you want unless your character has like an auto GI, which stands for guard impact for those who are uninitiated. What has the reception been in the in the Soul Calibur community of uh, five? I, I think I heard some negative things about it or am I mistaken about that? I've been meaning to go to A-Way Run just to kind of um, get their take on it. But from what I got on, on uh, Shoryuken, it's actually, for the most part, it's been pretty positive. 
Um, a lot of people, you know, typically, especially on sure you can, they just kind of get burnt out or the minute a new fighting game comes out, they just literally just migrate to that. So when Mortal Kombat, uh, basically came out, there was obviously a huge exodus. Uh, King of Fighters basically did that. There was, there was an exodus and stuff, but not quite as much as I expected. It seems like they're doing a little bit more offline. Soul Calibur is basically just going through the same thing where it's either you, you hate it or you love it. And from, fortunately, for the most part, it appears that most people, they love it. You know, new people, they just like it because they're like, great, I can play Nightmare, I can play Ezio, and I'll just mash buttons, and I'm doing something. Um, but for the most part, a lot of the traditional players, they definitely embrace it, and I'm sure that that's going to end up showing up at uh, EVO uh, 2012. And it's already been uh, picked up in a lot of other different places, like CEO, that's going down in Florida, and Winter Pearl, which is coming up, I believe, either this week or another week or so. I have to check the schedule on that because I'm actually not going to that one. So now that they've got this uh, kind of like a Street Fighter, like a kind of like an EX type of move now where you you kind of have your, like the old EX moves in Street Fighter and Darkstalkers where you do kind of like a, a super version of your mm-hmm. regular special attack. Yeah. What, what other changes have they? So, so well, just to, just to touch upon that real quick, that, that EX equivalent of um, for Soul Cow is basically referred to as a Brave Edge. And essentially what that does is it's obviously an enhanced version of a, of a standard move. Um, it's good and stuff because the game actually has a technique that's called um, uh, Guard Burst. So for those that are familiar with uh, Street Fighter Alpha, uh, it actually first came out in Alpha 3. Uh, you can't sit there and defend all day because if you end up doing that, eventually... You're, you're just going to have your, your actual guard meter broken. And now you're going to be left defensive, which is about roughly like 23 frames and you end up being exposed. Uh, one of the other big changes, like I talked about was, was obviously the guard impact. Um, there's only a few characters that actually have what are referred to as auto GI. So if I basically do an attack and I initiate that attack, then it's, it's an immediate reversal if I connect with you. Uh, Shiba, for example, who is basically, he's, he's like the new equivalent of, of Kilik and Sungmina, uh, actually possesses that move. Nightmare actually has that move. Uh, Cervantes, Ivy, uh, Leisha. There's a couple of good characters that actually possess auto GIs. So that's like really big. And then the other big mechanic, which kind of, uh, was already introduced in the previous edition is what are referred to as critical edge. So this is basically the equivalent of, um, of doing a super move and you get a nice little cinematic and, you know, your, your character uses a whole lot of health. And, uh, and that's basically that. So that's one of the big things that they've actually changed. Uh, a lot of the characters have also either been, uh, tweaked a bit or most people refer to them as nerf. Uh, people that are basically really familiar with Nightmare aren't taking too kindly the fact that he's been nerfed, you know, because, you know, that was just a character. If you didn't understand his animation and stuff, you could just mash buttons, you know, tap A, A, B or something like that. And, you know, you're basically just losing a whole lot of health. And then Cervantes was definitely tweaked. And Maxi was, he, he actually doesn't seem like he's tweaked at all because people, I've, I've, I've played a couple of people which I refer to as randoms that are just randomly hitting buttons and the next thing I know, I'm losing. I'm losing a whole ton of health. So now, let me ask a basic question because I I play fighting games, but then I play them for like two weeks and then I won't play them again for a while. And MMOs, well, you mentioned the term nerfed. Sometimes you know your character will have certain um, roster of attacks, and then they they figure out when people actually play with these characters. Oh my god, this character is really overpowered. And they, they do nerf those attacks. Is there a lot of that with, uh, with updates to, in patches to the games where they totally change the, 
entire dynamic of some characters or or do they, if there's one character overpowered do they just kind of leave it overpowered and and how is that handled in tournaments if there is a really overpowered character you know like like five five years ago patches like this just didn't exist and lately which it seems like it started with the with the release of of street fighter 4 where when that game first came out in case you don't know you know if you play somebody like sagat and and you didn't know how to get in. You basically got exposed. You got blown up. People basically took away your life bar. And you're like, what the hell? So, you know, there was, there was a lot of pushback with characters like him. There was pushback on uh, El Fuerte, on Gen. And, you know, the community has been really vocal. When you have, um, you know, now when you have an outlet, like fortunately you have gentlemen like, uh, like Seth, Seth Killian, where he actually is, he's like the mouthpiece for the whole entire community. And what basically goes on is people are saying, you know what, this this isn't cool and stuff because I'm trying to play this character. I think they're really good, but I'm losing Sagat or I'm losing again. What's what's going on here? So that's carried on into Street Fighter. It's carried on to King of Fighters. Um, it's carried on to Mortal Kombat, which uh, created a whole lot of rage. And it definitely changes the, dy- um, the dynamic to the point that I've actually have seen people that originally would start off a character like Sagat or Balrog and shortly after the release of Super Street Fighter 4, it's just, well, okay, th- this character's ass now, you know? Like, I used to be able to do this. They were really buff. Now they're not. So that's why with the latest release, like, uh, for Street Fighter, which they refer to as the Apology Edition uh, for 2012, now everyone basically seems to be balanced. And, and I use that word loosely because if you have someone that basically is on equal footing, same skill level, you can still have someone like Sagat that basically could like potentially blow up, say, I don't know, Makoto. But it's gotten to the point now where they've added a whole lot of buffs to, to characters and nerfed a lot of people. Hi, twins. Um, so that basically you just don't get a whole lot of dive. Hey, don't look at my twins. Yeah, those, those twins, those twins, when they, when, when they first introduced, um, Young and Yang to Street Fighter 4, I mean, all hell broke loose. I have never seen so much, so many outcries. Until that game actually came out, and you know, I think it was deserved for Yun. He really had—I mean, even moves that were unsafe in in Street Fighter Three, the same move in in Street Fighter Four, he could just do with impunity for almost any range, with no negatives. It just seems so weird. And his dive kick was the—I uh, don't even want to talk about it. One one of the big I'm things damaged. One of the big things that people actually end up dying in games like Street Fighter Four, which you know, for for traditional you know um, players. You know, it, it's it's upsetting and stuff, you know, uh, because the game for a lot of people is just, it's pretty brainless. You know, if you have fundamentals, then potentially do well, but it has a lot of dumbed down mechanics where the reversal windows are different. It's nothing like playing the original Super Street Fighter game or the original Street Fighter 2 title. You know, it's just, ev- everything just seems different. So for someone, unless you're a really strong player like Alex Valle or um, John Choi, or any of the other uh, well-known players, you know, it, it can be tough because you'll get somebody like Crimson, you know, Crimson Viper or Sea Viper, um, and you're like, what the hell do I do? Because this character is just winning off of just goofiness. So you have someone like El Fuerte where, you know, it's it's a 50-50 guess all the time. And then you have what's called um, a vortex where there's, there's just a this multitude of options. So it's like, okay, well, now I'm on knock now. What should I be doing? So all of this is basically culminated to a lot of complaining, not usually a whole lot of, hey, I'm glad you did this, but it's typically complaining. And that's why lately 
all you would see if you go to sites like Event Hubs or um, SureYouCan.com and it's like, hey, there's a new patch out. This character's basically getting nerfed. This person's getting buffed. And and it's just, it's, it's annoying and stuff because now you have a lot of players like myself that have grown up with these games say, you know what, quit your bitching. Because back then we didn't have that opportunity, you know, to to voice our concerns and say, I don't like this, you know, Guys, you gotta tweak this. You had to deal with it. When we were coming up in a circuit like that, you, you had to just learn or you just, you just died and you just had to keep training. You had to grind and that's how you got better. Now it's easy. Oh, you don't like it? No problem. Here's a patch. Everything's better. And it, it's, it's, it's really affecting the dynamic and stuff because now all you have to do is just complain. If there's enough complaints, what do they do? They release a patch. Well, I think, I think one of the problems I had with four, uh, coming in coming at it from the older type of games that before they would kind of give you the tools you needed to uh to play the game and then you would it was, it was up to you to figure out ways of of uh setting up you know like traps or or whatever what have you uh to get in through uh, the other person's defense and all that kind of stuff but in street fighter 4 it kind of felt like they didn't just give you the tools they kind of gave you the traps themselves and the mix-ups included in the character like from scratch like somebody like Rufus or somebody like El Fuerte, where uh, most like their their actual move themselves become guessing games. It's not it's not like you can set up a guessing game. It's like they are it's built into the character. This is how you play the character, and it's crappy. Like I don't I kind of never really like that aspect of Street Fighter Four. It, 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 I I definitely would agree with that because basically characters that have the greatest type of shenanigans is, is um is guys like Seth Killian and myself and a lot of people in the community will call them is it always leads to a 50-50. So honestly, a, a player that really wants to do well consistently in a tournament, not only does he have to know fundamentals, they have to know their spacing. You know, you basically have to just understand the metagame because if you don't, you know, you, you you end up getting mad. You end up, you know, raging and stuff for people. You're saying, why the hell, you know, why the hell is this guy doing this? And and it's it's annoying and stuff um, to, I had to, to have to deal with that. I was, getting, I was getting too angry when I played the game. So I kind of stopped after a while because, I, I mean, I, I don't put in the time. I don't do the grinding, as you say. Like, I don't sit there and practice. I will just play random people a lot, which is what I really enjoy doing. And I, I was I was good enough to, to get pretty far in it, but I know I'm not as good as the best people. I tried playing locally with some Chicago players. I have no shot against most of these people because they, I mean, this is what they do is they play this game. And I'm just coming in with some knowledge and it's not, it's nowhere near enough, you know? And it's it was almost like they were bored playing me and it's like, that's not fun. I'm playing way outside and my that's level. That's what I point. like about those random characters. I mean, personally coming in, I mean, I was playing people that were really good in the arcades sometimes too and... It was like the only way I would compete is with like random characters like that when they can't really predict very well what I'm gonna do. I mean, they'd still right. beat me down, but yeah. I mean, there's, I mean, it's like I understand the game, I know how to play. I just know, like, my execution is nowhere near perfect, and I know I'm just not that good. And I mess around too much. I do too much unsafe shit because I think it's fun, you know. Like, I would never be a good tournament player. Is the point? No, I could never reach that but, level either. But I do. I did enjoy playing randoms a lot, and it was really fun. And uh, I don't know. I think I'm I think I'm done with fighting games now. Like I had Street Fighter Four, I played it. I tried to do Marvel, the online thing didn't work, and that's what I enjoy doing. So I dropped it in like a week, and I think I'm done with fighting games for a, another ten years now. That's unfortunate though, because because that's what the, t- the touch upon Soul Calibur. Soul Calibur is everything that I feel most 3D fighters should adopt. You know, um, one you know just being that you mentioned online stuff. One of the best things that I enjoy about Soul Calibur is the netcode. 
never have I ever played a game online where the netcode was as solid as Soul Calibur Five. And when I heard Markman, who were you know, who's based an ambassador for for uh, for Mad Cats, and then my friend um, uh, Marturo Sanchez, he's like, you know, hey, the netcode's really good. And I heard people say stuff like that about previous games. So I says, ah, you know, I I don't know. You know, they said that about Soul Calibur 4 and it was ass. You know, we played SNK versus Capcom back then. And that was terrible. We played Capcom versus SNK back on the original Xbox. That was bad. And so naturally I was very skeptical. But Soul, Soul Calibur, if, if, if I could get away with saying that the netcode was perfect, that game definitely has it because I've sat there consistently, my friend, since the game has come out playing online and it's very, very smooth. Even with good netcode, I mean, Personally, that's that's one thing I really miss from Japan is actually having arcades where people would go to because fighting games are so much fun when you so much more fun when you're in the arcade with the group of oh, people of watching people play joining in it just it, it it just feels so impersonal and just not as enjoyable over the internet right now it's I mean that, that that's why I went to the gatherings because that is fun and, and it also removes another aspect that kind of pushed me away from fighting games this generation which is I know my television has input lag at least 40 milliseconds it's a good TV but it's not a great TV for it go get a plasma already that, and then I know that the internet itself produces some lag so when I'm playing uh, like like people like like a Ken doing two jab shurikens in a row like that is not a real thing that should work but it does you know you see the shuriken, you try to punish it, and then he hits you with another one. It's like, okay, something is horribly, horribly wrong here, and it's it's just the the it's just the the like all this lag pile on top, not lag, but input lag pile on top of input lag, leading to slower response time. And that, that I tried playing Street Fighter Three, and I was like, yes, yeah, Street Fighter Three online finally. And I mean, it's not just a GGPO thing, which was kind of annoying, but it's also my television input lag compounded by the internet input lag, and then it's I I can barely parry. And the things you, I mean, hit confirm, it's like, forget it. This is not going to work out for me. And I, I unfortunately had to stop playing Street Fighter 3. And that's another thing that pushed me away. This is, this is actually originally for when the, when Street Fighter 4 actually first came out. And there's a lot of players in the community right now. Like Street Fighter 4 basically created a resurgence in the fighting game community. And a lot of people that regularly go to, you know, to, uh, to tournaments and such a lot more regularly than I did, you know, eventually just like kind of wrote off playing online because it was just it was just so bad and and then basically we go to tournaments and they says you know what like i can't deal with this and i had people that i used to invite to my house people that were really good and and i says okay you know I'm, i said i'm gonna watch you play and then it was sitting there and they were losing to random players and they were like what the fuck you know and it was like you know like i see what he's doing like i'm teching i'm doing this and and it's just yeah. it's to them you know which i understand how you feel to them it's very demoralizing because you're like you know what if i was offline or if we were in an arcade setting i would destroy you so yeah, most the problem people, is you have to change your style, but then that doesn't help yeah, you're when you're in a tournament down. setting, Exa- which exactly. is what matters. Exactly. You know? So it doesn't help you. In, in fact, it hurts you, and you have to learn how to play a completely different way. Yeah, and it's just not. Hmm. I, I, I'm not. I'm not ready to write off because you know Nick is right. You know, Street Fighter is definitely in my blood. But I've gotten to the point where I've excessively played that game, and I says, you know what, enough is enough. I says, I says, I have to play something different. And and now basically, I'm really happy to play Soul Calibur. I have people that basically share the passion. They love it. You know, I still want to get back into King of Fighters, which is the most execution heavy fighter ever. You know, if you well, just Celtic like 13 is really good. I haven't put any time into it. It's but. so heavy. If you don't, if you don't have execution, you're not doing the high level combos. Just like that's you're, like. If you can do a jab jab, that's that's all you're gonna be able to do. Like, because but how bad is the net code on thirteen? I mean, it's S and K. It's 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 good, but it's it's nowhere as good as Soul Calibur. I'll put it like that. You know, um, I, I've I've never I've never seen code that is this solid. Um, 
SNK has definitely gotten better. Uh, the last time they actually came with something, I think um, um, Aaron, a.k.a. Uh, Amadou, he used to play those games, and he was just like, yeah, he's like, the netcode in these games are ass. And so, you know, you just didn't want to play it online because, it, you know, when you have a game that's execution heavy like that, and a lot of stuff, you have to be really good on the frames, which is also why most players actually just don't want to deal with it. They're like, look, I don't want to have to, I don't have to memorize this stuff. I just want to be able to do it. The muscle memory commits to it, and I could just do, do my moves of ease. Well, I remember Mark of the Wolves was completely unplayable. It just, you yeah. couldn't do it online. Well, Marvel, Marvel uh, versus Capcom 3 actually is another game that actually is surprisingly solid, even though it's not running off a of GGPO, uh, hardware. I, I would have to say actually that that would have a have a close second, so yeah, it's it's actually pretty good. But no, it's unfortunate you actually don't want to like play entirely and stuff because you know the way things are going, like Street Fighter Cross Tech will be coming on soon, and and that's that's being considered supposedly the best fighting game since Third Strike. I don't, that game looks so weird. I hate Tekken. I hate Tekken I so much. Well, I do too. But I mean, I was following the game, then they introduced a gem thing, and I kind of, my interest dropped so dramatically after that. It just sounds. It's like everything I hate, like pre-order bonuses and, you know, depending on where you buy it and uh, and it affects the game itself. It's like everything I, I, I could possibly hate about that kind of stuff is all included in that game. And I don't know. Uh. Yoshimaru Ono feels that basically um, this is the future for fighting games. I, I, I can't say I totally agree with that because when you basically have something like gems that literally is going to change the dynamic, you're going to say, OK, you know what? Now you're going to get a 5% boost and your defense or your speed or basically just auto block you're changing that dy- dy- um, the dynamic of that and when you change the parameters of that it's literally like just like playing a new game kind of like basically going from super to super street fighter 2 turbo you know and uh, that bothers a lot of players and i don't think that i think ono is cognizant of that but i think at the same time he's He's trying to get people to understand, you know what, you haven't even played the game yet. And if you haven't played it yet, then you really shouldn't be judging. And that, and that's why I'm still willing to pick it up and basically play it for myself. But at the same time, I'm very apprehensive because if I'm, if I'm playing someone who basically doesn't have as, as good of the fundamentals as I do, and then they pick up a gem, and now basically stuff that I used to, you know, just take them out, and now you have like increased speed, you have an auto block, and now suddenly you win, it's just like, really? Yeah, I mean, the company was willing to to put out the Street Fighter 4 game on the 3DS, you know, where you can just push a button and have Gu- have Guile walking at you, throwing yeah, that sonic was, booms. That, that was a mistake. You know, like walking towards that you, throwing sonic booms, a- auto-blocking, and able to do his... You know, like, if, if they're willing to put this out, then it's like they... Obviously, it's it's like what you know, like whatever. I it's uh, I can't deal with it. If, if you haven't if you haven't already realized it, I mean, I saw this a long time ago, back when I reviewed Capcom versus SNK two EO. I says, you know, you guys are dumbing down the mechanics and stuff. And the thing is, like the truth, the truth of the matter is that Capcom, like any developer, likes money, and the fighting game market would not be thriving the way it is if they basically did not cater to mainstream. Okay. Fighting games basically died because the only people that actually could actually resonate with those type of fighting games were people that were really dedicated, people that were serious, people that wanted to grind through it. And most people, obviously, you know, like all of us here in the podcast, you know, we have lives outside the fighting games. So they said, okay, what's a way that we could basically create these games that's going to make people still want to play it and appease the veterans, but also attract the mainstream people? And thus, pretty much, that's what Street Fighter 4 did. Where there is obviously depth to the game, but it actually has a a learning curve that allows them to ease into it 
mash, you know, had a little easy inputs with the Shoryukens and such. And then basically the player gets a little bit of satisfaction. So now they're trying to do that with Street Fighter Cross Tekken, which I think is a little overboard, where now if you can't do a basic quarter circle motion, well, now you can just tap forward or back See, forward. And yeah, that's the problem. It's too much. I mean, I, I, I really liked how Street Fighter 4 dumbed it down. I thought that was a good balance. I mean, I guess the hardcore fighting game people kind of didn't enjoy it as much, but I thought it was a great balance. Got me really more into fighting games. Felt like I could learn the mechanics better. But then it, it just feels like they're going too far with this gem thing. I, 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 I'm, I'm still going to, as much as I, I've been pretty vocal about it on, um, on my Facebook, and actually some people were more vocal about it than I was, you know, to the point is like this, this game's ass, you know, it looks really awkward. And, and, you know, and, and it's, and it's kind of hard to basically, you know, dispute that, you know, when you have these polarized opinions, but I understand that, you know, you have to understand these are people that grew up playing games. They, they sat down before we had YouTube, before we had streams. Okay. And these people would congregate together and they leveled up together. And now when you basically have all these new type of formats and stuff to get into it on top of these dumbed down mechanics, it just really turns people off. Like imagine basically playing a, a shooter, you know, like Gears of War. And, you know, normally that you actually have to have a certain amount of hand-eye coordination. And then basically there's just an easy mode where, hey, you just tap this button and it auto aims. Oh, okay. I got a headshot. It, it literally just takes away from the whole experience of saying, you know what, I have the skills and the precision to, to take you out with ease because I've practiced, you know, I've, I've learned that. And unfortunately, it seems that games in general are just going down that way. And that's why, that's why I actually put once on my, um, on my Facebook, you know, as far as the gems, this is, you know, Capcom basically should just make gems to wipe people's ass because, you know, this, this, <laughs> this is, this is just getting I would ridiculous. Buy one. You know, just make seashells to wipe people's ass. Yeah. You know, is is this going it's just going way too far where you you're you're dumbing down the mechanics and making it now you tap forward, you tap back, you know, like oh forget forget charging, forget learning all the stuff. You know, don't even buy a strategy guide. Just tap forward, tap back and and, and now you're a pro street fighter. I agree. You it's know? it's kind of an industry wide thing and it's been happening with everything. Yeah, every genre is just getting way too let's make sure every idiot can get past this. Everyone's on the honor roll. Yeah, well, pretty much. I, I guess it's it's just it's just a new the new way of making games, which is I mean it's because people are actually it's because before it was it was just dudes getting together and and just making something and they would make something for themselves or they would make something to to actively try to stump other people you know or it was like different reasons but now you have schools teaching people how to make games how to reach the biggest audience how to you know help the player out in every instance so everything feels like a lot more handholding including fighting games when as before. It, it was more of a of a, I mean, so it's hard to say what's good and what's bad. Like I, I actually enjoy the current generation of games. Some like, handholding is, is probably good. the best generation of games. It's it's good to a all point. Time. It's yeah, it's good to a point. But when when you when you're doing it like Street Fighter Cross Tekken, where you know it's like a super easy mode. At that point, that's when I draw the line. I'm okay. I'm like okay, that's a little bit too far. Now if or, or Street Fighter Four DS, that's that was my. That blew my mind. Where everybody you play online is just guile, and you're like, "Oh God, here we go again." And luckily, they're bad enough at even the fundamentals where you can still beat them, even though they have this guile that is amazing. You can still beat them because they're dumb and they're just spamming moves, and that that that's not safe. That's the type of thing that it would have been great if they had that available to play offline, but they should never, ever, ever have allowed that online. 
That if no, you're playing I mean, against people, just, just have, don't a, let that have a, a timer for it. Be like it, you you need like a few seconds of charge time before you can press the button and do the move again. You know, even if it's a touchscreen move, that would actually just work. Just give it yeah. some time to you know to re to recharge a little bit. Just something. I forget which game did this. I think it was um I don't remember if it was Bla- um, Blaze Blue or something, and I believe it had to deal with um how you defend it or something, and if you mashed. The game punished you for it. It was just like, no, you need to do this correctly. And, and, and I wouldn't mind. And actually, they are talking about doing stuff like that for Street Fighter Cross Tekken as far as with like, uh, gems. It's like, okay, if you had these gems and you're going to get, you know, like this, this enhancement, you know, you're not going to need to take as much damage and stuff. They're, they're basically adjusting a certain way so that, so that people in the community aren't going to basically say, okay, you know what? You have the gems. This game's broken. Anyone who uses that is just automatically going to win. Same thing with the Pandora mode where they they wanted to make sure that they, they, they didn't risk doing another comeback factor because I have to admit that when I first heard the Ultras, I said, this is stupid. I still don't like the Ultras. It's one of the biggest... I mean, I really don't like Ultras. It's like you got your ass handed to you the entire round. Here's a free, you know, like 50% of their health if you can land it. It's, it's just kind of weird. Like, you didn't earn that. You just got your ass beat nasty, and now you have it. It's true, but at the same time, and, and, and as far as the reverse of that, is that basically you can also build up your meter simply by focusing and absorbing an attack. So when you have yeah. someone that's a projectile-happy uh, uh, player or just you know spamming a move, and you say, okay, well, I'm, I'm going to focus this, you're still beating up your meter. And, and basically, your idea behind that is just like, okay, well, now I have this opportunity to punish you very hard for you making bad mistakes. Obviously, you have a random element where people do like wake up ultras, you know, after you get knocked down. Right. But you know, that's that's just that's just the way game engines are my, going. I now. think my favorite my favorite times playing Street Fighter Four were uh, whenever I could pull off a Chun Li dash forward ultra one through a fireball. That was just just the look of shock on their face. Like you go full screen and they're like, "I'm safe. It's full screen." And it's like, oh, check this out. <laughs> that's a, that's a bit of an advan- That's definitely a bit of an advanced mechanic and stuff. And I mean, and there's a lot of good that's actually come from it because ever since Street Fighter Four came out, you know, I never expected um, games, uh, fighting games in particular, to to get to the point where now, now it's becoming more. I don't want to say esports and stuff because that's a whole other discussion we can get into later. But it's basically where. I can sit down and say, "Oh man, I'm gonna wish I'm gonna miss Winter Raw, but I'm home, and I can watch this online." And, yeah, I do and, enjoy watching the streams. And, 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 it's surprising. Yeah, and we ha- we have DJ Wheat to think because of that. I remember he was one of the first people that actually introduced that. And the first time I saw like a fighting game streams, I was like, "Oh, okay." And and back then I just thought it was gonna be a one shot deal. But then, you know, when he did that, people wise up and says, "You know what? We're on to something here." And so now it's 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 like. It's like assumed that anytime there's going to be an event, it's going to be streamed. And it's like if you you don't have an event unless it's streamed. You know, like you have to do that, and that's how you're reaching you know out to a lot of people. And it's actually hoping to create more interest. It's hoping to get more people inspired to play. You know, um, people seem to forget and stuff that obviously the tournaments you want to there's obviously going to be winners and losers, but at 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 its core, you have a social element. You know, you're reaching out to new people. You know, you're sharing a passion. That's really what it's about. It's not about basically running around telling people you suck, you're free, get out my face, and thanks for your money. You know, we're going <laughs> like to re- kind of about that. You know, well, 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 a little bit, but you know, but but it, but it's the, it's 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 that type of you know, it's that subculture that we have there, the underseated uh, belly of the community that keeps us going. It's kind of like with TNL. You know, if you have somebody that comes in and you know, says, "Hey guys, like, how do I put um, you know." 
you know, the sticky posts and stuff on there. Uh-huh. Like, all right. And, and then, and what we do, we raise them and stuff, you know, and, and we make fun of them. And if they have a backbone, they stay. And if not, they, you know, they leave. And we keep all of like two, maybe yeah, three. <laughs> exactly. But well, the thing you got to know, uh, jumping on another tangent, if you're on, if you are, are going to be posting on our forums, you're somehow listening to this and do not post on the forums and have interest in posting on the forums. The thing is, this is the internet and you should not take things we say yes. personally because we don't know you. And uh, if, if you post something and someone is mean to you, then they don't really know who you are as a person. They're just being mean either to be funny or, or just because it's like a habit, like a reflex. And if you take that personally and then write back a giant angry paragraph explaining exactly the kind of person you are defending yourself, you just lost. You just lost the internet at that exact moment because you took it too personally and it's time to stop. It's funny that you say that because because um, now obviously the big key, you know, insult term is trolling. And I, I actually, I actually do a lot of that on my, on my so-called secret account. So I'll get on it and I'll play people. <laughs> secret account. No, I actually, I actually have an account. It, it's, it's a funny, the funny thing is you laugh, but now a lot of people in the community have basically, cause it's, it's very easy for someone to just to go on and say, all right, you know what? Let me just go make another account. And what, yeah. what happens is people yeah. will go on and they'll, they'll, they, you know, they won't have any points. They might go in a rank match or they'll go in an endless battle in Street Fighter 4, for example, and they just beat people up. So then you're like, okay, uh, like what's going on? Like this person has zero points and they just beat me up like, like they're a pro. So then now what ends up going on a lot of time, people say, well, screw you and this and that. And then the common statement is, uh, you're mad. You mad, bro? Yeah. Oh my God. The, the, the messages you get on live are so good. Oh, they're marvelous. So oh, they're many. so good. I've gotten so many. People get so mad at you for, for blocking or for, I mean, just, just playing the game and then they call you like, I don't know. They're like, go back to Shuriken, you faggot. You guys are ruining the game. And I'm like, I, I'm not that good. I'm really not that good. I just blocked your hits and then you were so wide open. It's like, what do you want me to do? I don't get it. I've gotten everything on the sun from, uh, basically, apparently, I, I don't get laid. I don't have a family. <laughs> um, you know, I, I had somebody basically call me arcade stick. I don't know how I was supposed to take that because, yes, arcade you know, stick. Ar- ar- arcade you know, yes, arcade stick. stick. Yeah, he said, he, you know, I beat him and he's like, he's like, oh, you're an arcade stick. And I, what? And I said, I said, what? And, and I looked at my girl and I was just like, this guy just called me an arcade stick. Like, like, what does that mean? Like, how am I supposed like, yes, I'm using an arcade stick. Like, okay. So, you know, when I troll people, it's funny that you mention that because people will literally give me like a litany of responses and stuff. And, and they try to convince me that, no, I'm not mad, but I'm like, but you're writing me these novels. And you're trying to convince me that you're not upset. You're trying to tell me that you're not taking a game serious. And you're the one that's basically trying to convince me, not the other way around, you know. And people just take things really, really, really serious and stuff. And it's kind of it's kind of sad and stuff because at the end of the day, yes, it is a game. I hate losing as much as the next person. But, oh, of course. Uh, but, but I get I, mad as shit playing that game. But I mean, whatever. I'm not gonna write them a message. You yeah. Know? Well, I'll write messages, but it's never at the point where I literally go like I, you know, I'll turn off the game and I'm just I'm just really raging. You know, I think a lot of times people, people, people just take rage mail to a whole nother level and stuff. And just, you know, they figure if you say something or even you just go, oh, come on, man. Like, why'd you do that? Oh, fuck you, man. Why are you raging and stuff? Dude, I'm not even upset. Like, what's going on? Like, why am I just going to video camera? You could actually see that yeah, I'm actually. Yeah, you know, I, mean, I don't think that's limited to Street Fighter, but I mean, no, I definitely every, don't play everywhere. too many multiplayer games. No, it's everything on the internet. That, yes. The one thing I did play online multiplayer was Street Fighter, and that's where I saw. A, a giant chunk of it. Although, 
Honestly, I saw it with the vanilla Street Fighter 4 a hell of a lot more than I'm seeing it lately. Like, I haven't been playing for a while, but the last time I played, I didn't really get too much hate mail. And I was a little disappointed because it was, it was, <laughs> it was something that, it was a factor for me. It was like part of the experience was it getting is. all this angry, all these angry things. And they kind of stopped. So I'm wondering if, if maybe, you know, the casuals have moved on and now it's, it's people who, you know? They, they definitely have. I'm, the I mean, the community has changed over the years a little bit. No, no, the community is definitely in a lot of ways as far as casuals, they've gotten worse. And me and my friend, uh, um, Raven, we always talk about this stuff and, and, and we basically just say, you know what? Um, sadly, the community is actually, and as far as the casual players at least, that they've gotten worse. Like most people just say, hey, you know what? I, um, I, I just, I just want to play. I want to mash some buttons and hey, that makes me good. And then we would sit there and we would, you know, like he's not obviously with me, but we would kind of like look at each other, so to speak, and say, like, did this guy just do that? And then, and, <laughs> you know, and, and, and it's funny because we were actually playing Soul Cobble last night and this guy came on. It was, uh, it was me, him and, and one of his friends who, who plays Natsu. And, um, and I was playing with Sheba and, uh, Raven was playing with, uh, with Leisha. And then we actually had an open slot for somebody to come in. So this random comes in. He also picks Alicia. So I basically said, okay, why don't you go ahead and play him? And basically, uh, long story short, was that my friend got random out. So he says, this faggot just beat me. And I says, well, yeah, because, you know, he's spamming. And unfortunately, you know, sometimes you're going you're to have that element. So I eventually got up and I beat him. And then after I took him out, I says, um, dude, why don't you just learn how to play? So he says, oh, well, th- this is coming from the guy that uses Kilik. And I, I was confused because I, I says, well, I, I'm playing Sheba. But I knew what he got. I was just being a, like a wise ass and stuff. And he yeah. basically answered his comment. He's like, well, he's like, well, Kilik equals, equals no skill. And I says, okay, well, this is coming from the guy that has no fundamentals, can't think, mashes buttons, and he's getting mad that he lost. And so I basically just said, look, stay free and, and, and have fun being blocked and left it at that. Um, the people, the community is very vocal. It's very, they, I, they I are. do enjoy reading. I do enjoy reading comments from people who, like, like I said, I'm bad. I will freely admit that I am not a good player, but I'm also better than a lot of people I know that play the game. And sometimes they're very vocal about uh, issues with the game, like, oh, this high level thing is unfair. And it's like, okay, number one, right. have you ever fought anybody that has used that on you? No. Right. You know, will you ever use that against somebody? No, you can't do it. So it's so. What's the problem? Like, what are you complaining it's, about? It's, Just to complain. Just a bitch. It's funny you should say that because over the years I've heard everything in the sun. Why are you throwing? Why do you have me in a corner? Why? Why? Why are you throwing Um, you know why? Why am I playing Sheba? Oh, Sheba's cheap. You know, I'm like guy. This guy, you know, he's a mid. He's a mid long range character. I, that means I I have to zone you. It's kind of like Sagat. Okay, I I don't like Sagat particularly, but I respect. You know, I respect the people like yeah. Sanford Kelly who plays that character because you know what? You have to, un- you have to understand that Sagat needs to control a certain amount of, sp- uh, of space. So he needs to basically throw projectiles all day of course, in order to keep you designed. up. That's how he was designed. And anyone that has been around over the past decade who's played Street Fighter and knows about Sagat realizes that yes, all you're going to hear is tiger, 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 <laughs> tiger, 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 uppercut. Yeah. That's well, it. He, he got nerfed to hell. He used to be so scary in the first three. He was oh, he's brutal still, he's still, in the original he's release. He's so scary. scary. He's, still he's not scary. that scary anymore. No, he's still like, scary. I, I, I felt that it would be like just a couple hits and I'd be dead. I mean, I, I did play Chun Li like you, so I would. Chun Li is like I never even noticed that she had the same amount of health as Dalsim. That blew me away when I realized that because Dalsim has no health, and apparently neither does Chun. Oh, and if I ever didn't play Yubon, if I ever didn't respond to your message, it's because there's nothing more I hate. Than a Chun Li mirror match. Well, I'm glad you mentioned that because I, I hate Chun Li mirror matches I, so much. I, I hear so you, much. Man. I uh, 
I I actually I have a vocal uh, uh, group that I both do on Shoryuken and on Facebook. Uh, we call it the Fellowship of the Thigh. I didn't make the name. I swear. What? <laughs> That's uh, good. Yeah. So um, so there's a lot of people that are in there that that you know they love Chun Li, and ever since the game has come out, like I've done the Mirror Match to Death, and I finally got to the point for obvious reasons. It's says, guys. I don't want to do the mirror match anymore. So I a lot, don't, I don't like you know, it. It's like, well, you it's, know why? Because I fall for everything. I fall for everything I do to other people, and it makes me feel stupid. So I just, I hate it. What ends up happening? It's, it's basically, it's like, it's like two poles and stuff. Okay, you're always going to have one character on offense and one in defense. And I typically hate being on defense. You know, I, 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 I've adopted it, but I don't particularly enjoy it. And lately, what I would do, I play a lot of people that would sit there and they says, "Hey, you know what? Um, I'm just going, I'm just going to try to just get all in your face." And I'm gonna hit this button, and maybe if I'm hitting buttons, then you can't hit me. And I'm like, that's that's the wrong mindset for Chun. But I get why I, I get why you don't want to play that because it's annoying. So so my compromise for that is I is I pick Guile, and then I just get a whole lot of groans because it's like, oh well, it's Guile, and he and 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 he throws sonic booms all day, and he's lame. And and I'm like, well, but that's Guile, and that's been his you know that's been his template over the past decade. Gal got so good in Super in Super he's, Street Fighter he's, 4. He's done. He he's got done, so good. He, he's done really good. I've tried to tell some of my friends because one guy that uh, he he currently represents Empire Arcadia, you know that that'd be the guy that uh, rocks the power glove. In case you guys don't know, yep. so um, this guy uh, who's no, known as Dominion consistently wins tournaments with Guile, and he's not even a very execution heavy uh, player with Guile. He just he's just really good at controlling the space. We we refer to the Sonic Booms as dinner plates because he just chucks those things all day. And and the thing is to you know to a player like honestly, if I played him, I I would probably get frustrated after a while, even though I have a, a good amount of tolerance because you know this is a character that basically he's throwing Sonic Booms, he's trying to keep you out, much like Sagat, and you're like, mm-hmm. will he fucking stop throwing Sonic Booms? Right. You know. And then you finally think you have an opening, but no, he recovered quickly enough to just I don't know, fierce you out of the air or something, crouching fears, and you're just like, oh. Yeah, it's 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 a it's a mind game. So you deal with that, and and unfortunately, you know, this is why going back to what we were originally saying, this is why games have been dumbed down and stuff. Like basically, um, guys in the community really hated. When they introduced um, Super Street Fighter Four, and actually the into arcade edition, because it, it, you know, they basically just took fundamentals, they threw it out the window. So now, where people like Gao could basically sit back and you know, and sit on down back, now you had these rushdown characters like Fei Long and uh, and Makoto that basically was like, "Nah, I'm getting your ass and stuff," and mm-hmm. I, you know, forget your forget your Sonic booms, forget your uppercuts, I'm getting in. And and it really turned off a lot of people, and that's why when the twins basically came out, it was just like all oh, hell broke loose because these guys actually have uh, a certain amount of moves and ways that they can actually penetrate your defense. And they're like, oh, "Look, I don't care about your sonic boom. I'm getting in. I can dive kick and stuff, and and that's it." So that's basically why a lot of players are just getting turned off entirely because they're just like, you know what? At the end of the day, I just want to kick butt, you know, for a couple of hours, uh, you know, have a couple of drinks, which I've never I've never done drunk in Street Fighter, but um. That sounds awful it, to it, me. It does, it's, I guess. The but... way I play the game, I I don't know if I could do that. The last thing I ended up doing with Street Fighter was I switched to Dulcim, which was a lot of fun, let me tell you. I mean, you're going to lose a lot. You're going to get your ass handed to you. But when you win, it's so... Like, you know they hate you. You know that that person hates you now forever. And it's it was just so much fun to play Dulcim. I really enjoyed it. And if Yon ever came up, I was done. I think I beat two Yons the entire time, and that's because they were just terrible. But if a Yun knows what he's doing, I think Dalsim has 
pretty much zero chance at winning. Yeah, it's, it's going to be pretty interesting to see like how the new games develop. Like, I'm really looking forward to the Tekken Cross um, yeah, Street Fighter. It. You know, I say I'm done with it, but I'll try it. And if, it, if it's got good netcode, if, if it lets me play against other people quickly and efficiently, I just I just want the list back, man. That's what I I want the list of of the people playing and their connections, so I can choose the best connection myself. Yeah, that'd like, that's be nice. What I want. That'd be really nice. I, I don't want the game to choose for me because it does not do a good job of choosing for one, me. One one of the big things I wish, which would kind of wrap up the topic of fighting games, is one thing I feel really would help players in general, and this is actually a nod back to Soul Calibur, but even then, it's still not perfect. Is to basically educate players uh, that are new to fighting games how to play from A to Z. So basically... Oh, Soul Calibur 5 does a great job, no, right? No, it, it has. It actually... This, this, this is the first game that actually is taking training mode to a whole other step where you literally can set parameters. You can actually have the character do a certain move and then basically have them sidestep or behave in a certain manner. Like, like it's, it's, it's actually very... Um, it's very complex and to the point that well, I was I almost... I heard the game itself... Yeah. Well, I heard the game itself also tells you about moves, like which it moves does. are recommended for... A character and uh, the effect, like why they're effective, when to use them. So that sounds amazing. It um, it's actually good that they did that. But but to really help you to understand the training mode, um, I, I feel that everyone that's serious about the game should pick up um the Soul Calibur Five um strategy guide, which is actually it's a stretch to even call it a strategy guide because never have I seen a book that this extensive. Like Future Press put it out, and um, I actually picked it up day one, and I, I told basically everyone within my circle. I was like, you have to get this book because if you really, even if you're new to, um, even if you're familiar with Soul Calibur over the years, it's something you still want to actually pick up because it actually breaks down the training mode in exquisite detail. Um, how to set the, uh, the different modes, how to record, basically just how, you know, like any type of scenario, you can recreate that. So it took, but basically you could do one in Street Fighter and they took it to a whole nother level. And, um, and I basically just told my friends, I says, you have to get that book because uh, it's just going to make a lot more things in the game appeal to you. It's going to make a lot more sense. But really what I feel the training mode should do at this point is maybe even have like, um, like some, like some tutorials or maybe some interactive videos or something like that. Because most players actually going back to what, um, I think it was, um, Corey and stuff that says that, you know, you need a little bit of hand holding and stuff because, um, a lot of people just don't get the mechanics right away. And even though they can read stuff, a lot more people are visual. And so I, I think that, I think that basically now the way consoles are, are, are evolving, uh, we obviously have enough space on the computer where you could actually just put a separate disc. I think like, um, Blaz, um, Blaze Blue actually did that. Uh, they actually came out with a, with a tutorial disc that says, okay, this is what you have to do. This is what you don't do. And this is what we recommend. I think that training modes need to do more of that. Just don't, you know, like the bare bones stuff where you just kind of go in and say, okay, fight. And all right, I'll fix my combos. You know, that's not enough anymore because even though games have been dumbed down, you know, they, they still have a, a, an exceptional amount of depth as well. That once you get really serious about it, you're like, okay, now what? You know, I don't know how to deal with that scenario because this guy did that and I've never seen that before. I need to recreate the situation. And that's why I'm excited about what they're doing with um, Street Fighter Cross Tekken where now finally, Someone said, you know what? We're going to make it so now you can train with your friend online. And now you actually have a person to say, well, you oh, know wow. what? I, I, I keep getting caught up with this vortex. I keep getting caught up on this guy, just this combo. And if the person knows how to re recreate the situation, now you actually have a, a person that you can do it right there online. So, uh, you know, big props to Capcom actually for doing that. All right, Bond and Mizzou Baby and steps. friends. <laughs> Thank you for, I'm actually going to tie in what you were just talking about, uh, and transition into what we've been playing. 
because what you've been saying about um, tutorial modes and training modes actually ties into the one game I've been playing this week. Um, so if we have no objections, I'm going to go on to what we've been playing. Oh, no, by all means. So I've been playing UFC Undisputed 3, which for some reason I keep wanting to call UFC Unleashed, which I think was a TV show. Is that, what is, I mean, there was one made, like on Dreamcast, and I think that's enough forever. I vaguely <laughs> like, remember the Dreamcast you? one. I played the demo of the Dreamcast one, and I gotta say, it was pretty awful. It looked like the most boring game of all time. I, I, I've been playing the game for, for um, I guess, three, four days now. And what it really excels at is getting at something that I've had trouble with when it comes to to fighting games, in that the the uh, the training mode in fighting games, like you said, is is really sorely lacking. It 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 might as well not be there. It's not really a, yeah. a training mode. It doesn't really teach you how to play the game. At its heart, it's just like okay, you can have a practice round where the computer will stand still. And and then what? And sometimes you'll have them put up a move and they yeah, do this move, but it doesn't really get you into the mindset of what where you should be when you're when you're playing the game, what you should be looking for, um, what kind of moves work in what situations. It's just it's just really disappointing most of the time. And uh, even though I've been playing Street Fighter since the first one at the arcade, you know, I do want to get up on the on the combos and see what other people are doing. But then they'll go from now do a fireball motion to now do this like 17 input juggle in the corner. And it's just well, that's not really training. That's the challenge. Yeah, yeah it's challenge. a challenge like, mode. It's not an actual training. Yeah, which yeah. is kind of which is kind of a training thing, too, because it does show you how to do different moves and different juggles that you might not discover otherwise. But the, the beauty of UFC Undisputed, you can pick it up and play it and, and, you know, mash buttons and, and win. But this is a game that is really deep as far as what you can do, the counters you can do, the timing. You can go with strikes. You have different strategies to get people on the ground. You can go for submissions. You could use the cage. And all these fighters that you're facing have different strategies. They're coming at you. But the game has an exceptionally long tutorial mode that shows you every single thing that you can do in the game, tells you when you can use it. When you're fighting, if you go in between rounds, the trainers tell you specifically what you're doing wrong or what you could be working on. They give you Doc the- Lewis. The, what's that? Like Doc Lewis. Yes. From Punch Out. Except he never, he just told me to join the fun club. But this is, this is, this can be a very difficult game. And talking about, we were talking, uh, Bon was talking about execution heavy games and execution heavy characters. This is a game that if you get really good at it and you're very precise with your inputs, um, you will totally trash somebody that's, that's just mashing buttons. But you have a, you have an impetus. You have a reason to, to keep getting deeper into the game because um, you can sit there and, and punch and it's not really that satisfying. And then you come across somebody that's just going to put you on the ground and stretch you. And there's nothing you can do against that guy until you learn the game a little bit deeper. What I thought was going to be a shallow game where you just jump on top of somebody and just keep mashing the buttons. It's just, it's really not like that at all. It's kind of like, it's kind of like a, Fight a traditional fighting game, not as fast, not as flashy. Obviously, you don't have supers, but it's got that kind of strategy that you could see maybe not on a Tekken level or something like that, where you're not using projectiles across the screen. So, so is it yes. just a flat kind of fighting game? I mean, I'm this is something I'm not too familiar with. When I think of UFC games, they 
for some reason, my mind automatically goes to WWE games, wrestling games, with these crazy elaborate campaigns you play through with silly stuff. Is this just a flat-out fighting game, then? Does it have anything like that? Well, it's got it's got several modes. It's got an exhibition mode, which is where you can just pick a pick a fighter or make one of your own, and you know fight against your friend or fight against the computer. Um, it's not like wrestling in so far, you know, just like uh, MMA isn't like uh, professional wrestling in so far as there aren't you know inferno matches and, and uh, brass knuckles on a pole match and that kind of stuff. It's just you know you're in an octagon and, and you're fighting. Interestingly, I, I think not having ridiculous things kind of. Hurts it, it does kind of hurt. It, it does kind of hurt it. You know, but it's an MMA game. It's about MMA, yeah. and that's how MMA is. You know, you can you can't make a NASCAR game and have you know professional wrestling. Purple shell <laughs> would make it better. Come on, blue purple shell, blue shell. <laughs> make it better, but there would be an outcry from the from the company. But um, they they shells. do include they do include um, besides the octagon that we're all familiar with. They do include Pride mode. Pride was a Japanese. I guess mixed martial arts federation that folded, or I guess um, UFC bought them some years ago, and that's done in a ring. But it's pretty much the same game, and you're, it's not like you climb the turnbuckles and jump off with missile drop kicks. But the MMA game is surprisingly deep. If you like playing characters like the wrestling-based characters in Virtua Fighter and other fighting games, uh, it's it's kind of like that, um, but a lot more realistic. You know, it's not floaty at all. Everything moves like it's supposed to. You can you can unlock different movies. You can you can keep playing it forever. It has a very very long amount of things for a single player to do. Where you, I think a lot of people just play it single player because you have a career mode. You have different historical matches that you can fight in, and this is another th- way that it teaches you the game. You they give you a historical fight, and they have you. You can play either the person who won or the person who lost. And during the game, it asks you to do certain things. To, to meet certain objectives, like hit this many strikes or do this kind of do this kind of move, and you have a timer to do it in. If you do all of those, it unlocks it unlocks movies that you can watch. But everything in there is decide is designed to get you to play the game and to play it at a deeper level. And I mm-hmm. think that fighting games can really learn from that to have something in them that's a single player experience. That will teach you the mechanics of the game and get get that muscle memory yeah. that Bomb was talking about. Get that in your into your system because you'll otherwise you could just sit there and jab all day and, and throw fireballs all day in, in fighting games and until someone whips your ass. Well, I, I feel that the first Street Fighter Four did a good job of that by putting all the new people in with the new people and having tiers. Like I didn't touch it for about two years, and then when I finally did. I was playing with the worst people in the world, but I, I felt right at home because I didn't know what I was doing. And then you slowly kind of learn, like you, you watch, you, you play a mirror match, you play somebody who's playing your character, and you're like, hey, what he did was pretty cool. How do you do that? So then you try it, and then you, you kind of learn, in this situation, I do this. In this situation, I do this. In this situation, I do this. And you start building like a repertoire of, of uh, moves and reactions. And then you get to the next tier. And they hand you your ass because a lot of the stuff that worked against people that are not good does not work against people that are just a little bit better. And now you work your way through this tier of content. And now you're rank three. You know, like to me, that worked really well. Like that, that's how I learned to play Street Fighter 4. And I think it worked very well for me. That's, that's why I think the online training mode will be really good in Street Fighter Cross Tekken. And hopefully that will set a template for all the companies to follow because, because not everybody has a scene. So at least if you have that, you know, then you can have somebody kind of spoon feed you say, okay, we'll try this and let's practice this and let's practice that. How much do people play these games before the release? Like what are the odds that the training mode will have uh, relevant tactics for longer than maybe a few months? 
You know, like if the training mode is like, you know, this is good and this is good. But are, is, doesn't the game evolve as time goes on? Don't people find new new ways of playing pretty much with characters? But even if it does, I mean, a training mode is a training mode. But now if you have something online, like, you know, to go back to my, you know, my sparring partner, you know, we could basically just practice together and stuff because, you know, unfortunately, this guy lives like miles apart from me. So I don't have the luxury of saying, okay, well, I'll see you tomorrow and stuff. And, and, and that's the thing is that there are a lot of people that, um, unfortunately can only play online. We refer to them as the, as the online warriors and stuff because, um, that's all they have. And it's like, okay, how do you level up? If you don't have a scene and you don't have the ability to create one, what are you going to do in the meantime? You don't want to be left behind if you're trying to level up your game. And that's why I feel that, um, I, I don't, I don't think it's really practical to, um, I, I think it's bad to actually downplay that is, is not being a significant, uh, feature. You know, for for fighting games, I, I definitely think that now that every other company should should allow something like that because it's really the best way to to actually to hone your skills and actually you know just 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 to be become a better player before you go out to the tournaments and stuff. You, the last thing you want to actually do is think that you're you know that you're a great player and stuff or that you're doing well. You go out to a tournament and you go, oh my god, I, I I'm you know I'm zero and two. You know, I did terrible. You know, so by you actually having that. You know, you actually have a better chance of becoming better with someone that actually already has the skills and then saying, okay, well, great. Let's see what you learned. Let's play a real match. So I, I, I definitely think there's a lot of uh, replay value uh, long term there. If we had, if we had better training modes in fighting games, maybe we wouldn't need super easy mode or, or people wouldn't even be tempted to I, use it that I much agree. because yeah, um, it is, it is a daunting task, especially if you, let's say you played Street Fighter, whatever on the Genesis Championship Edition and now you've got kids and or whatever and they got games and they got Street Fighter and you sit down to play it and what do you do? What do you do? You just, you just get comboed the hell out of existence and it's, it's not, it's not, it's not, Gamer friendly. I would walk into the arcade arcades and see people playing that. What is that crazy Japanese Arcana Hearts or whatever it is? Those goofy, crazy games. They were really popular. Uh, like mel- mel- melty blood and stuff. Yeah, and I just would stare at it and go, I can't even sit down and do this. I don't know what the hell is going on, but these people would just wipe my ass all over the floor. I, I couldn't do anything. So the solution that the fighting game companies come up come up with is let's make this let's make a like a kitty mode. That you can just press a couple of buttons, and, or even with with Tatsunoko versus Capcom, let's like make the whole game much, much more yeah, simple. And that doesn't help. That doesn't make yeah, you better. I think a better solution is you can have that in. As I was, we were saying last week about when we we're talking about difficulty, I suggested that they should really have uh, um, modes that are casual friendly and modes that are more traditional. But a really good step for fighting games um, and for uh, I guess maybe some other kind of deeper type of game is. Have a tutorial that's actually something that's instructive and not something that you yeah, that you slap on there to to have an extra mode in your game. Yeah. And so this UFC game um, is really good at that. And uh, I know not a lot of people are going to play it. I guess. I mean, it's there's really no buzz about it anywhere that I've seen because it's pretty niche. Like if you like UFC, I'm sure it's great. If you don't like UFC, I I really doubt that a UFC game is gonna be like, oh my god, suddenly UFC is awesome. You know, it's it's pretty much niche. Like you said, the F1 formula racing type. Yeah, thing. same type of thing. That's for a, that's for a very specific audience, and that's pretty much it. Anyway, um, Corey, I have been playing the shit out of Resident Evil Res- Revelations. It is so good. I'm on. To, I'm up to I think episode nine within the game, and I'm loving it. It's um, 
it's so much better than Resident Evil 5. It it just blows the shit out of Resident Evil 5. Um the Is it as racist as Resident <laughs> Evil 5? Unfortunately, it's not as oh racist. My God. I I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Corey. I'm sorry to cut you off, Corey, but but I was right. I looked I looked at a preview for Resident Evil 6 and it looks like it's going to be it looks like it's going to be Leon in a Resident Evil classic type of scenario and it's going to be Chris in a going around the world killing colored people and he is going to China. <laughs> that is what he, Chris I does. I was right. He's going to China to kill Chinese people. I was like, "Yes, vindication." Can Peru be far uh, behind? I think not. Well, we already did the Hispanics. Nobody cares where they're from. Hispanics are Hispanics. I would have rather the Koreans, but the Chinese are good enough. It's, it's, this just, is it's, just, it's hard to take part six seriously when I just get images of that damn giraffe and that woman. You know, I was just <laughs> what? I, I went to oh, GameStop the, the other day, and I was just like, I was like, what am I seeing? Here? <laughs> I just, I just see Jeffrey, you know, just basically just having his way with her, man. Turn that Jeffrey frown upside down. Unconscionable with yeah, a kid at Toys R Us. I don't know what Capcom was thinking when he did that. He's like, you know what? You know, like this is the best way we need to market. You know, they're thinking of six. it's like a cell splitting, a mutating into a six. It's not a giraffe giving a blowjob. It's a giraffe splitting its cell right into that other giraffe's mouth. It's like the FedEx arrow. Like you don't initially realize it's oh there. It's just meant to be there and like kind of give that anyway, image. Sorry, sorry to make this happen. <laughs> anyway, anyway, as for as for revelations, um, I'm personally I don't have the Circle Pad Pro. I'm not going to go to GameStop and buy that crap. Um, so I'm playing it just the regular way and. You know, I like it. It it controls like Resident Evil 4, which I think is fine, and I think it plays... It, it feels more like Resident Evil 4. Resident Evil 5 turned into a stupid action game that was way too goddamn easy. It was just a joke. Um, this one, it's more of a challenge. I definitely am actually short on ammo, which is so much better to actually play a Resident Evil game where you're nervous. You're like, I don't want to use this gun. I want to see what I can do to avoid running out of ammo. That's really nice. I hate that there's a that there's a buddy. The the whole the, I don't know why he's even there. They do the co-op they thing. A, they had a buddy before, so I mean. Yeah, I mean, I guess four had the stupid escort, but yeah, this you have some idiot that's following hot, you though. around. Get in the garbage can. Get in the garbage can. <laughs> Get in the garbage can. Did you just say she was hot? You mean monkey ears? Really? Really? No, no, I, <laughs> no. I'll, I'm t- I'm talking about the last one of this team. Oh, okay. Out, so. I thought we were talking about, talking about Shiva. Shiva was hot. Was was that her official nickname? Monkey ears? Did you see? I mean, really. I just played Resident Evil 4 last week, actually, as well, too. But No, I'm, t- I, no, I'm, t- I'm talking about the predecessor. Yeah. Uh, I never played a second of five that was not co-op with John. Like, I only played this game co-op, period. So I actually did enjoy it a great deal. I played, I thought it was I a played lot of five fun, with Corey see... when he was in Japan, if I remember yeah, correctly. Yeah, we played a good amount of five, and that was, yeah. that was fun. So I, I, co-op I can see with how Chuck it wouldn't great. be fun if it wasn't co-op. Especially the, like the, the quick time events where you had to trade off. Like one character would do a quick time and the other character would. And then if your partner messes up. Like I remember like when Wesker is going after Chris, you know, and I was Chris, and then John was Jill, and he messed up shooting Wesker in a quick timer event, and he caught me and he broke my neck. We were like, oh! It was like the greatest thing ever. I don't know. I, we had a lot of fun Resident Evil. I, I really I like co-op campaigns. They're really they're just fun. They yeah. are great, but the thing is, it I just hate it when you're forced with an AI co-op, and that's the thing with this Resident Evil Five. It's not a co-op campaign. Why do I have another guy with me? He doesn't. Yeah. He does like no damage. Uh, yeah, th- he's just kind of there to distract the monsters every once in a while. It's there's no point. It it takes away from the. I'm alone trying to find my way through the ship feel of it. Right. No, I get um, you. But it doesn't kill the game. Um, so far, I'm 
thinking it's one of the best Resident Evils recently, which it's not saying a lot, but it's really... The story is going completely batshit insane, as always seems to happen with these games. <laughs> kind of a rule of thumb. It, it has to go just crazy at the end. Can't be as bad as Metal Gear Solid 2, man. Oh, God. Oh, Metal Gears. The game is amazing. Don't start this. <laughs> no, we're not gonna. Do, we're, we're not even gonna do this. No, I know. <laughs> Next. <laughs> yeah, moving on. But I mean, yeah, this is. If if you have a 3DS, this is the game to get. It looks amazing. I mean, it's just gorgeous for a 3DS game. They're, That's good because I need I, I need an excuse to play my 3DS again. So. Yeah, I mean, if anything, play the free demo. It's I I was blown away by it. I was not looking forward to the game, and then I played the demo, and everything yeah, changed. It's like, really. It good. plays like old Resident Evil. It's. Exactly what I wanted. It looks amazing, and they dropped the price down from fifty to forty yeah. bucks, which fifty was excessive. Yeah, because I understand games why are they steep. were doing it, but uh, dropping it down to forty made me change my mind completely about not picking. I still haven't picked. Yeah, it up, I mean it's worth getting. I apparently, I mean once you guys get it, apparently this raid mode they added to it is really good. The online co-op hmm. like play mode, it's supposed to be excellent. I have not gotten a chance to try it yet. Planning on getting to that next week at some point. I want to get through the main campaign first before I hop into that. But it's just kind of like you have set levels that you play to play through with a partner, and just kind of run through, and you try to get, you know, more more items, more do better, get better BP, so you can level up your characters and stuff. It goes up to like level fifty. Everybody says it's amazing. I need to try that still, but there's like thirty some levels of it, which is pretty awesome. Okay, thank you. Our producer cat's getting producer cat approved. <laughs> He loves it. I, I think Corey's voice has charms to soothe the savage breasts. That's what I do. Cats love me. Bon, what have you been up to as far as gameplay? Playing Street Fighter. Uh, well, yeah, the pa- yeah the past three years, I obviously was playing Street Fighter. It was it was intravenously just fed to me, and that's it. That's all. That's all I. That's all I did. But no, I actually um, aside from Street Fighter, you know, over the time I was I was playing a whole lot of Soul Calibur. Um, I actually went back and. Play some old classic games and stuff, but um, it, it's kind of hard for me just to, to to just play other stuff now because you know I, I have like a, a full work week, and I'm just like you know I just stick a fighter in my hand and stuff, and and I'm good to go. Um, so I've been pretty much just focusing on those. When uh, when Street Fighter Cross Tekken comes out, I'll definitely be playing those. But now, based on uh, Corey's testimonial, I'm gonna have to check out uh, that new Resident Evil. Everybody needs it. Everyone buy it. Yeah. That's 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 really what I've been playing right now. Just hardcore Soul Calibur, you know. Um, you know when 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 those games come out. So actually, I was playing King of Fighters for a while, but uh, the the heavy execution actually turned me off and stuff. And and I'm my execution is actually pretty decent. But uh, actually, after I played that, I just felt really demoralized. This is okay. I I obviously just need to work on my hand gymnastics, uh, gymnastics here. I was like, this just isn't working for me. But uh, that's that's all I'm gonna be playing for the current time being until that drops. Chuck, what have you been doing? Uh, I've been playing a lot more uh, Old Republic still. I haven't uh, caught up with Yoshi or or Mech, but I'm getting there. I'm having an issue where I'm doing the story quests, and I'm ending up about four levels too young for everything by the time I uh, get to where I'm supposed to be at. Isn't that Mizzo's biography, uh, (laughs) four levels too young? Oh, my God. Which is really unfortunate because it's like you're getting to the very last part of like, you know, like you're watching a good movie or or you're you're reading a book and then you get to the very end. Like, you know what? Mm, You're not ready for this yet. You just got to go and dick around doing something else. And it's it's bad times. Um, I should do other quests, but I don't want to because I'm so engrossed in the story, which is really good. So it's really unfortunate. Um, Other than that, I've been playing some Soul Calibur five, not as much as Bond has. 
Uh, but but I do like it. It took me a little while to get used to the not having guard impact as much as uh, I, I would use it in the previous games. And then Dave finally got me into League of Legends. I, it's, is it frequently updated? It's still going it's strong. It's updated right? keep... all the time. It's huge numbers. It's a great game. And that's game. free to play, right? Yeah. yeah. You, you can pay for champions, but they always have like a group of champions that are free for you to play. I think they switch them around every every week. Once or so, a week, every yep. Month, every know. Monday, I believe it is, is when it changes. Anything coming out this week that you'll be buying, Chuck? I don't think so. I, I think I'm done. Um, what? <laughs> shut up. I, I think I'm done it. until uh, SSX and then Mass Effect 3. Oh, I played the Mass Effect 3 demo before everybody else did, but by the time this airs, you will have played it. Uh, I'm not going into anything because <laughs> I know people are, are very sensitive no around spoilers. these parts. But uh, Connect Integration was really well done. And uh, I, w- I would be saying something like Party Member. Again, no spoilers. Uh, singularity. And wherever my <laughs> reticle was, the, the Singularity Monkey would show ears. up. It was fantastic. Are there only two people like in the Singularity? Because I can remember. I don't know. I, I, I don't no know anything idea. about this game. Well, I mean, you're, I assume your party members are going to be so variable by the time you play three because. I have different... I mean, you know, like in part yeah. one, you could end up with different members. At the end of part two, you can end up with different well, members. Well, you know... So who you have in part three is not really a spoiler. It's just... It's going to be variable depending well, on... Well, and that's the thing. You know how in playing. the beginning of part two, it asks you a few questions? Like, you know, what did you what did no. you do? Who did this? Who did that? And if you didn't no, play... No, because I imported my one. save. Yeah, if you didn't play one. So, obviously, you can't import into three. So, it's just like, describe Commander Shepard's what, what, what? loss. Went to the demo. You can't import, yeah, you can't oh, import okay. to the demo. Like, Calm down. Yeah, the real game you can. It's like describe describe his experience with loss, and it's like okay, you can either say you lost Caden, like everybody should have. Uh, you could have lost Ashley, or it says numerous. Oh, but Ashley was such a bitch. What? Caden was an idiot. Yeah, like you had sex with her for her personality. He he was the new car. Jeez. But but it says numerous, and uh, I chose numerous, and I didn't see anything. <laughs> Well, you'll you'll see. You <laughs> you haven't beaten two yet. It was like Chucks and Jack at the, Jack at the other two. But yeah, it was really good. Um, I think multiplayer unlocks for that on Tuesday, so I'll talk more about that when uh when it gets around to it. Cool. All right, Chris R. What have you been playing? All right. Oh, first off, I'm going to mention a game which I have not played, but I saw this and I thought it was great. Um, I was browsing the App Store on my iPhone earlier, and I was like, oh shit, it's Mizo the game. They released a game for the <gasps> iPhone. It's called Raid Leader. Oh my! Which, <laughs> oh my! It's it's an overhead no. RTS where you have a tank, a range damage dealer, and a priest, and you have boss fights. Oh Jesus! Similar to MMOs, where like bosses, and you'll you know you'll get like the little warnings, like what DBM would give you, that pop up and tell you what attacks are coming, and you have to like pick the different abilities and tell them where to go. Unlike a real wow. raid. I'm guessing these characters actually obey your commands. Isn't there options for like a bad tank? That sounds pretty awesome, but I was hoping this was more of a. It it would have more of a metagame where you actually had to try to wrangle these people to show up. You gotta like call them up and be like, hey, Dave, do you gotta take Cecilia to the the airport or something? And then like a day before the (laughs) raid, like in in, in game time, you would get a text message from somebody saying that their parents died or something. Your healers wouldn't show up. The tank is just like, hey, I gotta go to work. And then you have to with someone that wasn't as good. <laughs> you know, like that would be an awesome game. That's a raid leader game right there. The, that the would tank down some salvia disappears for a while. 
Yeah, like in the actual fight where it's like I'm gonna tell I'm gonna tell my ranged damage dealer to go over here and, and he just stands in the fighter fire for a while and you've gotta tap him like five times and be like Then no, you have the option of bring in a random, go over a random here, person from Rambo. general chat. Wait, does it does it have microphone effect? Like can you yell at the person and they, they'll no, move faster? I I wish it would now be you're dead so, you're so amazing. stupid. Yes. Um That was my so I have not like played that, line. but I saw it and I thought of Mazona. It was just so good. Um well, you know, it's called what you were playing. Yeah, I know, I know. So, what I did actually play this week was uh, in preparation for what I thought was a new Starbreeze game for of the Darkness Two. I finally went through and womp, beat womp. the Darkness. Um, and then I found out Darkness Two is actually made by a totally different group. Yeah, I I actually have that queued up because I also want to go back and finish that game I never finished because I really did like it. It was I fun. Just, yeah. It was a good game. game. Exactly. Yeah. And so that's queued up. I got it for like five dollars or, or free or something with Bioshock, oh, yeah. and and um, I was I just sat on my shelf for two years, and I just played it. I think last spring the, or the something. The intro's awesome. The the dude telling stories during load times. Like I like everything about it. I like the phone, and you can just call those numbers. Now the I mean, the, I like new, the game a the lot. Game, um, which I'll talk more about next week because I'm going to be playing it, but. Um, it just, yeah, it looks, it looks different. It's just the, the art style is different. You can just tell the guy looks different. Everything. Yeah. It's, it's not like the darkness, the game. It's like the darkness themed FPS. That's like every other FPS. Kind of. yeah. Well, I feel, that's, that's what, that's a feel I got from it. Well, from the darkness two or from the darkness, the first from one, the darkness, darkness two. two. I, the first oh, one was I like actually, darkness, the game, played, which is cool. I played a few minutes of, of darkness two. Well, okay. First off. I played through the darkness. Overall, I thought it was really good. The, one of the big problems I had with it, though, is that you spend a lot of time going from area to area, even if you're just plowing through um, the main missions and not doing side story stuff. And the character walks kind of slow for when you're going through areas where there's nothing to do, and it's just a little like, bit, yeah, yeah, like walk down these three. Th- these three streets and go through like two or three areas to go meet up with someone at the docks, and it's like. Walking through streets. No one's here. Kinda wish I could run. Alright. Hey, there's a bum. What's up, guy? Yeah. Alright. Just keep going. It's like, really? You guys couldn't get any faster way Well, you can amuse to... yourself by breaking no, all the light bulbs on the way. <laughs> I know. That's a Starbreeze uh, thing, though. I mean, they did the same thing with all the Riddick games. They just like to have their wander around and eventually get to the story um, part of it. Yeah, I, I feel like Riddick didn't have that much downtime, but I also haven't played it since it came out. It has the first a lot. Time. I, There's a lot. I never picked up the 360 version. It was. I, I got the I got the Xbox version, and I never played it. It's just it's still in the shelf and somewhere. And yet you Not play here, shit like Monster Hunter for the love of God. Shut up! Shut up! I'll get to it. But the whole zomb- the zombie genre is pretty played out at this point. The mafia yeah, genre is, is kind of getting there, but this is mafia with the demon. Uh, this is you know the storyline is. It's a mob, it's a game involving the mob, and it's a game involving demons, and it just it just really works well together. That you're yeah. you're yeah. this tough guy, you're not a weakling that has demon powers. Like you can hold your own uh, even without the powers. You're you're a formidable guy, but then you you have this force that you're trying to control. It, it just it hit a pretty good sweet spot, and um, I really hope the second one lives lives up to it. Speaking of mafia, did anybody play like La Noir? It's uh, I got it on the Steam sale. It's sitting, waiting to be installed. Yes, I did. I'm gonna get it on PS3 when it's like ten bucks. That's what I'm waiting for. Fifteen, maybe. Yeah, it's twelve. It was twelve bucks on the Steam sale, so I was like, "Fuck it, 
Oh, PS3. L.A. Noir. L.A. Noir was a great example of why every game needs to not be a goddamn sandbox game. That game would have been so much better if it wasn't a sandbox. That's what I keep hearing. Because the only sandbox game I got into and I actually beat to completion was Batman. You know, like when um when when Arkham City came out, I just was like, fuck, man. I was just like, if, if all sandbox games were like this, I actually would sit down and play them. And I just found it really hard to play any Grand Theft Auto from start to finish. I just, it just didn't, it just didn't speak to me, but something about Batman, obviously, because it's Batman, I was just like, I was like, okay, I have to finish this game. And I just wish that they could just do that with every game. And it just wasn't, it wasn't just riding on the coattails of Grand Theft Auto and just says, okay, there we go. Let's just make some generic story. LA Noir was, Amazing story, great game, a lot of fun. I ended up, 90% of my game became make my partner drive to the next place because I don't want to waste my goddamn tri- time driving to the next place. This is stupid. Yeah, the story was awesome. It was worth playing for the story. Yeah, that that's what I'm really big on the story. And that's, like I said, you know, other, other than the fact that it was Batman, that's the only reason why I was able to play that from start to finish. It's like I needed to know what was going to happen. And I, and I feel that games like that, they, they have to do that. You have to have solid story development. Otherwise, people are just... They're going to get bored. They're going to be like me and say, you know oh, what, definitely. fuck, fuck yeah. this. I don't want to play it anymore. Yeah. Although, even even Arkham City. I love Arkham City. I still wish it was structured like the original Arkham Asylum. That was structured really? like a Super Metroid game, and I loved that type of style. Yeah, well, you know, I, Arkham I, I City felt too full. That. It felt too crowded at the beginning. Because yeah. oh, everything God. activates at the same time. Yeah, there was just, a lot going just on. Just walking from one roof to another, you get like five messages from people needing help or yeah. telling you to go somewhere or do something. And it's a little overbearing to start. I mean, you, you end up whittling it down to a point where it's tolerable. But uh, I don't think it gained anything from me. I mean, it's fun to, to really? fly around the city and stuff. But I don't really think it gained anything from a gameplay perspective by being open I, I think Asylum was like, better it structured. Been the same. Yeah, it could have easily been the same as the first game. So you felt if if it, if it was more like Arkham Asylum that more people would have liked it? I think enough people liked it. I think it's an amazing yeah, I game. Still think I don't think there's fine. anything wrong with it. Okay. But I, I do agree that I may have enjoyed it a little bit more if it was more of a structured game. Like, you know, kind of like Metal Gear 1. Okay, yeah, way, all right. Where, yeah, all right. Yeah. I, I can you buy know, into you that. move from here to here, like Chapter 1, Chapter 2 kind of thing, instead of having like the open world with events occurring at different locations. Like, that's just my preference on how to structure a video game, to be honest. I, I would prefer them. I would concur with that because cause that, that structured really well, you know, and, and it's almost like, it's almost kind of like what they did with Final Fantasy 13 where it's obviously really linear and then after you beat it, it's like, okay, now you can go wherever you want, you know, and now you have like a real RPG. So, you know, like you just yeah, wanted to. That was odd. Let's, yeah, let's that not discuss odd. that game. Y- yes, let's not. <laughs> not today. <laughs> not today. That'd be another hour. <laughs> so, so far we've had two entries into what we haven't been playing, but are interested in. <laughs> so we're having a little spinoff of it'd be, here. It, it'd, be, it'd be basically Miserable Podcast 13.1. <laughs> Anything oh. else? Uh... Well, what I was going to say before was uh, I did play a little bit of The Darkness too, and it's weird because The Darkness 1 went for a kind of like realistic look, whereas The Darkness 2 is all like um, comic book textures. Like there's there's pen lines and like sketches with shading drawn all over everything, including the people. And it's weird Too going darkness. right from one to the other. Like I think it works really well for the darkness too. It's just weird going right from one game where it's like totally normal, aiming for realistic textures, and then being like, "We're a comic book." Um, yeah. 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 Ha. Who talks um, like that? Like what is that? <laughs> Probably the penguin or something. <laughs> what? Evil or misguided game developers talk exactly <laughs> like that. Um, 
what is kind of nice is that they seem to have really expanded the control over the darkness itself. So it was actually a lot more fun during the early part to to move it around because it's like your powers are kind of limited in the first game. Like you can only do like four specific powers. It's basically just like casting a spell in like Skyrim or something. And in the second one, they're a little bit more organic. You can actually control them and swing them around and grab all kinds of things and throw them. And it's you know it's a Bullet little bit storm. more exciting and fun. Um, you know, Bulletstorm is another game sitting in my queue to be installed from a Steam sale. I liked Bulletstorm. Yeah. Uh, it was fun. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Tangent time? No. So, no. It. it was no, fun. Keep going. That's all I got to say. <laughs> um, so it's cool. I mean, it remains to be seen like how it goes, because at least so far it's just been kind of a uh, not corridor shooter, but more level-based than the first game. So I don't know if that's going to last or if it's going to open up and become like a you know big section of the city again or what, but it's cool. And then aside from that, I've just been playing a couple of the Dodon Pachi games on the iPhone, nice. which nice. are awesome. Yes, I got I grabbed Blissful Death, and then they also put on a sale for Dodon Pachi Resurrection, so I got that too. And they're great. I love it. Fuck the haters. How does that the contr- touch screen? How do you is control so your How do you control your ship in that game? Do you have to get your finger thumb over it? Yeah, your finger. You put your finger like it's like the, Space Invaders yeah. Infinity Gene. Only it feels even better. Somehow. It works great. Like. You you basically put it wherever and like wherever you put That's your finger down, the, the ship is immediately <laughs> like relative. Relatives, yeah, anything, I don't care. Yeah, wow. You put your fingers in your relatives, and it's nice just because it it's an immediate response. So you move a lot faster than it's even possible to do with a normal controller. So you can zip from one side of the screen to the other and back. Like, that breaks the game. My name is Tim. It really blah, doesn't. Blah. It really. They're, they're still hard really as shit. But they're really still hard. I think, I think it kind of balances out because they don't seem to have the slowdown that, they, that you get in the arcade games. So the bullets never, like, compensate for you moving slower. So you still have to dodge everything, except now you have the ability to, you know, whip your hair back and forth. And I, I'm trying to move up. Like, I've got normal one credit clear. I'm working on hell, or I'm working on hard, and then hell, and it gets you know it gets hard, a little bit harder each time, and it's nice. Like I think hell mode is is pretty close to what I would expect the arcade mode to be. Uh, normal is kind of weak. I think everybody went through the same thing where they're like like you know cave games on the iPhone. How the fuck is that gonna work? And then you try it, and you're like, this works a hell of a lot better than it ever really should. I think that's what everybody wants. I love cave games. games I love my Xbox cave games. You know, I get more enjoyment most of the time playing the ones on the iPhone. It's just fun to just stop and play for a bit. Yeah, the only problem I had was that I, when I first bought Blissful Death, I played it throughout one of my classes like the whole time, and my <laughs> eyes got like messed up for the rest of the day from staring at my iPhone for like an hour and a half straight. And so I was trying to like look around, and I'm like waiting for my eyes to adjust back from like staring at a tiny screen. I'm just like, oh, everything kind of hurts now. But aside from that, awesome. Does anybody Fucking have an iPad it. and tried those on the iPad at all? How are they? I have not. I was going to ask if it was a universal app, but they don't like doing universal apps. So I, 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 I want to say either. Blissful Death might be locked. I, what? I thought Why? someone was complaining about it, but maybe not. I might be. I might be confused on that. I don't know. I don't have an iPad, so I really don't give a shit. 
How do you guys but, feel about like mobile gaming on the iPad anyway? Because I mean, that's that's obviously becoming really big now with stuff on Android and Apple, obviously, and now more developers are talking about developing stuff on um uh, on the iPad. Well, I think the iPad's a little bit too big. Like, it's not. It's it's kind of a weird size to play games on because you can't really just. I guess you can kind of hold it and play games, but I don't know. It's like too big. You have to put it on the desk or, or a table or something. And at that point, you know, I'm just going to use my computer or something else. It's it's in a weird that I think the pad is in a weird in between place where it's not a handheld thing like a phone. It's not a full computer. You know, it's you know what if I mean, I guess it's good for like a living room, you know, where there you you don't have your computer there. You just have like, you know, your basic living room stuff. It's on your coffee table, you're hanging out. You're browsing the internet. You're playing a few games here and there. So that's kind of cool. But you're not going to take it with you somewhere, you know? Yeah. You're not going to sit in no. the same room where yeah. your computer is and, and use your iPad. So it, it's kind of a very limited niche of uh, of things you're going to do with it. So it, it's kind of like a super, completely superfluous. It's so good for adventure you know, like games, though. Extre- expensive thing. I want I want more companies to put adventure games on it. I want Day of the Tentacle on my iPad. Yeah. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. I really well, wish you would make so that. many times. I never get I've sick of it. I've played these games but, so but many times. I, I, I love I don't that even, game. I don't even want to play them anymore. No, I, I, I hate you. I'm, I'm so done. glad I'm somebody else loves That's that it. game. Thank, thank you. Thank you, Corey. <laughs> I'm so glad somebody. Everyone loves that game, of course. Put out Data Tentacle. Put out Indiana Jones. Exactly. You know, I wish I, Lu- I wish Lucas Arts would just redistribute all their games on the iPad. Sam and Max. Be, give us all of them. I'd be sold. I'd be sold. I would pick them all. All right. I played them. I played them all. Chris R. Is there anything else you've been playing? <laughs> uh, no, I was just prepping that and preparing for Darkness 2 and then hopefully Syndicate. And I was just going to be like totally star breezed out. But, <sighs> yep. No, yeah, D- Darkness was the only one that I actually polished off. Still working on Dota on Pachi. That's it. All right. Mizzo, take it home, buddy. All right. Well, let's see. I, I put a little more time to Mass Effect 2. And uh, I-, I had man. everybody... I recruited everybody. I had everybody squared away. I got back to my ship, and Miranda and Jack got into a fight. And I was like, oh, no. Because Jack is crazy, and I don't want to go against are Jack. Are you not Max and I figured I could Paragon? Patch... No, I'm not. Why you know, are you, you not Max? Why? Because this game is a fucking temptress. This game <laughs> is such an asshole. When it... My first game, I was full Paragon. I mean, Paragon all the way, saving people, being extremely nice. And in this game... You're talking to somebody, and then that renegade icon comes up, and you're like, oh, my God. And you're staring at it. You're like, I don't I, – and then you press the button, and you do something awesome. And you're like, yes, yes, yes. But you just – you know what? It's like you – I can't go full this Paragon. This is why you this go game, full Renegade the first playthrough. Then you can go back and well, do Paragon. because the first game, it's like Paragon is good, Renegade is bad, period. That's it. You know, there's some hard choices you make, but the hard choices don't make you Renegade or Paragon. The hard choices are just hard choices. And then in the second game, it's like – Paragon is boring and Renegade is cool. You're not even evil. You're just cool. Like you're talking to that Krogan. Like that Krogan is talking mad shit about Grunt before you go to the trials. And you press Renegade and you headbutt him just like Rex did. And you're like, that's so cool. Did you throw the asshole out the window early on in the game? That was beautiful. No, I didn't. See, that's, that's too evil. I knew I would kill that man, so I didn't do that Renegade option. But then like you're talking to that super rich dude when you do the Kasumi Goto DLC. And, like, he's just talking mad shit on that giant view screen. And you're looking around his art collection. And the Renegade, I'm like, I know what you're going to do. And then you shoot his vase, his super expensive, you know, like, Prothean vase or whatever. And it's like, yes, Renegade is awesome in this game. And that's why I don't have a, a maxed out uh, See, paragon. I wasn't joking I'm around close. when I said it's the awesome button last time. It really it is. Really is. Yep. It, that's the problem. I have, like, half of a block left. And I've already recruited everybody. I think I've done all the loyalty missions. 
there might not be enough left of the game for me to get that last bit of Paragon. I'm really might worried be a about it. There's not. And now Miranda hates me, and I can't. And Jack stopped talking to me. Like I, I, I took Jack's side because I was scared of Jack. And then when I went down to talk to her, she's like, "You're just pissing in the wind or something." I think she wanted. I think she thought I wanted to have like a lesbian thing with her, and she wasn't into it. So she, I'm completely cut off from her. Like she just says the same thing over and over again. Just like, just like Kanye West will just like. You know, like hug me and do that bro thing, and then that's it. He never says anything new anymore. I, well, I hope you can fix like, I think it. I've hit dead ends because with if I remember correctly, bad things happen if you don't make oh, it better. Oh God, I know, I know, bad things happen. I'm trying to get, I'm trying to be good to get the last few Paragon points I need, but I might, you know, Miranda's ass might just not be in my oh, future, which is that is the worst day of your life. Which she puts the ass in Mass Effect. Yes, she and does. If she's gone. I don't know what I'm gonna do. But uh, so I've been playing that. I played more of this is just continuation from last week. I played more Valkyrie Profile, and I'm gonna stick by what I said last week about the first four chapters. They're horrible. Where you're just seeing random disconnected stories that are granted very sad. So that's neat because like every JRPG doesn't doesn't do like the extremely sad thing. You know, these are all depressing killers. Like everybody, you meet people after they die. That's like your job. You yeah. Know? So every story already had a bad ending. And now you come in and you're like, time to get to work, that guy, you know, come fight for me. And it it is very, um, like, I still find the dungeons are a bit of a, a trudge, let's say, even though the combat system is whatever. You know what? The main point is I turned around the end completely. I think this is probably the best JRPG ever made. I just want to say that. Ooh. The story is actually happening now in chapters 5, 6, and 7. Like, story things are happening. All these disconnected threads are starting to come together. The story is not the average Japanese garbage I'm used to in RPGs. It's actually pretty good. And I, just cool things are going down, but there's still these big dungeons that have nothing to do with anything in between that I just want to get out of the way because I want to get back to the cool stuff. But every fight, like there's no random battles. You, you see enemies and you can choose to fight them or not fight them. But every fight is, is a fucking... It's not an ordeal in that it's 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 unpleasant, but it's... There's strategy to every fight. Like you can't just sit there and mash A and get My out. My biggest of it. problem you know, you was actually. I mean, I I loved the game, but I hated the fact mm-hmm. that to get the good ending of the game, you had to do completely what you would not plan to do. It. Well, you know what? No, it's that's, frustrating. That's not, that's not really true, though. That's not really true. I, I I was on my way to the A ending when I looked up what to do, and I managed to still get it out, even though I was close to losing it. I was close to getting because there's. I'm just gonna ruin. There's like a seal rating yeah. under your status that nobody mentions, nobody talks about. But the seal rating is, uh, like it seals, it's your memories are sealed away. And by, by triggering certain events in the game, you lose seal rating. And by doing good things in the game, like sending people up to Valhalla, uh, after training them, you gain seal rating. So by doing your job, you become more indoctrinated and, and you, you, you don't unlock these memories. But by, by doing these rent, the only thing I wouldn't do is the, the game does not, uh, encourage exploration because it has a time yeah, limit. Yeah, exactly. But you kind of have to explore it a little bit in order to find these hidden scenes that will uh, lower your seal by by kind of inducing memories. Like you keep meeting people you used to know went back when you were human, and you do some other things. So it the the problem is you have to do all these seal lowering events one after the other to get your seal level low enough to actually trigger the good ending at a certain chapter. And you have to send a specific person up to Valhalla before a certain point in the game. And they have to survive in Valhalla up to that Exactly. Point. Just too much This too makes many no sense if you haven't played the game. There. But yeah, you, you need to know what you're doing to get the A ending. You will It will not happen by accident, basically. So that is kind of frustrating and kind of weird. But I mean, the whole game... The, 
it just it has all the RPG conventions, you know, but everything is, is handled in a unique way. Like there are no shops. You have materialized points and you make your own items, you know. The combat system is pretty amazing once you get used to it and it's completely strategic. Like you can silence people and everything you do has an actual effect on the combat. Like if you don't silence that spellcaster in the back, you're probably gonna die. You know? If you don't I mean I'm playing on hard. I don't know if that affects the battle a difficulty lot. itself. Yeah, it made a big difference. Does yeah. it? Okay, because I really have to go all out, or I'm gonna get screwed. And it's I I'm really enjoying it. I think it's it's one of the best RPGs I've ever played. To be honest, it's it's a unique storyline. It handles a lot of the normal conventions in completely different ways than what you would expect an RPG to do. The storyline is really coming together for me right now, and I'm I'm blown away. I'm so sad I didn't play this 12 years ago when I bought it, <laughs> but I'm glad I'm playing it now because it's it's pretty damn good. And uh, there was something else I tried, and I can't remember. Did you finish so I went East off on this. this week, wasn't it? Uh, Ease 1 and 2? No, that was last week. That was last week, week. I think. I finished that off before, yeah. So I, that's why I moved on to Valkyrie Pro. I actually just started East because it was on sale for cheap. And Oh, you know yeah. what? Because I'm on a big Falcom kick, I actually uh, I fired up a, a Sega CD emulator on my computer because really, like, fuck those giant plugs, you know, to try to make the normal Sega CD work. It has two... I have the 32X, so it's actually three giant Oh, plugs my God. don't fit Whoa. into almost any sort of protector I can't even believe you just said created. you have that. Well, why? <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, so I started playing Popful Mail. because That I'm is a, a great game. A have you never thing. played Popful Mail? And people are talking about it on TNL now, so it's kind of... No, I never played it. <sighs> yeah, and I started playing it, and it's it's old. Let's <laughs> It's an old yes. game. Yes, yes, it is. It's a working design <laughs> translation, which, as you guys know, I fucking hate yes. working designs. <laughs> Uh, Back in the day, so it's uh, it's a little rough to get tangent. through, but uh, <laughs> yeah. But it's I, I would it's very impressive for its time. If I had played this back the day it came out, I think I would have been completely blown away because uh, I, I do appreciate a lot of what they did with this game uh, for its time. Like it has not aged quite so gracefully, but if you take it in context of when the game was released, it's actually a pretty pretty uh pretty good game. So I'm kind of enjoying that. It's I'm playing it on the side like once in a while, just doing a few little screens here and there and then you can save anywhere so it's it's pretty quick terrific and that's it yeah. that's quite enough <laughs> <laughs> all right well we man we've gone on, on an epic journey this week i just the amount of names that have been mentioned today this is like the name drop episode of the podcast we've talked about tnl history we've talked about people in video game fighting tournaments and uh, all kinds of things. So good show. Maybe next week we'll talk a little bit about uh, Double Fine and you know how games are going to be funded that don't have huge um, budgets, budgets behind them. Yeah, yeah maybe that'll be a good topic for next week, and we can get into some of that. Producer Kit, I th- think agrees. I don't know, but uh, let me thank uh, Corey Coleman, Chris Scannelberry, and uh, anytime either of you want to come on. Yeah, thanks for having me on, Chris. If you could, if you would come on next week too, I would, I would be glad to have you. Yeah, count on it. I'll definitely, uh, I'll definitely put that in my schedule. Okay, Corey, you have to put in a request and give me time to think about it, and uh, (laughs) you know, (laughs) maybe pay pay the admission fee. Yes, a few bucks down. You know, we'll see. I can make my way over to Chicago, buy you a nice pizza. We have the best pizza. Yeah, (laughs) it's true. Um, all right. And then, uh, if you want to see us in the meantime, we're at the next level, the hyphen nextlevel.com. You can Google the next level or you can even Bing the next level. Hey, how about that? 
and uh, we'll see you. Wow. We'll see you next week. Bye, everybody. Let's put it on pause. <laughs>